<laughs> All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Stephen Borbell. <laughs> Welcome to the third episode of the Holler Podcast. Uh, I am joined by three of my favorite people. Uh, first, we'll start off with uh, the person below me, uh, Gavin. Gavin, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Gavin. Gavin Rogers, driver of the name words. Number 77, uh, Sundance Pizza Ford Mustang for Next Level Motorsports. Awesome. Thank you, Gavin. And to Gavin's right, we have Richard. Richard, get that hey, smile how's it off going, face. I know, right? Sorry, me and Carl <laughs> were doing like the heart next to Borbell oh, yeah, for Facebook viewers. Like that was... <laughs> Uh, everybody, Richard Wolfsford, driver of the 56 since built uh, Chevrolet for Limitless Esports. Thank you, Richard. And above Richard on TikTok, to the left of myself on Facebook, we have Carl. Carl, why don't you uh, let us know about yourself? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Carl Pooler, driver of the 71 Chevrolet Camaro for Limitless Esports. And I am glad to be here for episode three of the Holler Podcast. I'm just glad that it was announced that you were above me and not on top of me this time. Yeah, that, that, that was a little questionable. That, that, that was a mistake on my end the first go around. The good thing is yeah. that none of that ever happened. And in the recording of this on Spotify and Apple podcast, it's, it's not, you're not going to hear that. So we're good to go. Oh, there. Perfect. Perfect. See, <laughs> but once again, you are listening to the holler podcast where we discuss things, NASCAR and the butt kicker cup series. Uh, I wanted to take a moment and thank everyone for tuning into the podcast this week. Um, sponsored by Butt Kicker, the leader in haptics, Sundance Pizza, Ideal Lease, and TriVista. Um, and just a reminder, a new episode of the Ho- uh, of the Holler podcast can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts every Wednesday. Um, so we record on two or sorry, not not Wednesday. <laughs> Ignore me. We record on Thursdays. The episodes will be found on Fridays um, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, so Technical make issues, sure brain issues. To go, yeah, it, it's it's been one of those Thursdays. <laughs> Computer issues um, and brain issues. So Man. with, with uh, Martin Luther King being a holiday for me, working at a bank, my week has been thrown off, especially with us receiving snow um, on Monday. Everything has just been all over the place. But we're here. We're ready to go. And we will get into last week's race. So we have Gavin on here. Because Gavin absolutely dominated last week's race, um, the Sundance Pizza 100 at the Circuit of Americas. Gavin ended up leading 29 of 30 laps. Um, I believe, I don't know for sure what lap he didn't lead. Maybe it was the first one, Gavin? Yeah. Yeah. I let, one. I let, what's his name? Brady Moe's Brady. take it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then he had some guts, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know if finished. I'd say quickly. It was a, It was a good battle between both of them. Wow. Those first two or three laps, that was yeah, a good just, I was waiting for a mistake. I wasn't gonna force force much. Well, you didn't you didn't need to to force anything since you ended up uh, taking the win twenty three seconds ahead of second place Adam uh, Adam Buzio that is this week. So an absolutely dominating performance. Uh, take us through what your plan was coming into the week and and how you attacked the race basically. Well, to start off with my plan. Um, all I could think about was the start and the restarts and just making it through turn one without getting dive bombed. Like 80% of the, like that restart, like before going to turn one, I was looking in my mirror. I was, I was so focused on the people behind me. There were so many drivers. We were kind of shocked by the attendance we were going to have or that we had. And, um, just really, really didn't want to get screwed up at the beginning. Cause that's happened to me a few times on road courses but um how the race went overall i was just 
trying to be consistent and just just I wasn't gonna let myself make any mistakes like I I have multiple times as you guys know but um man just something for me with the road courses I just I I I found something with it and I just I I, I I've kept it going through any updates that they've had with it the way it drives I just I I I, I find the speed I, I get into a rhythm and I just gone. I mean, you you mentioned that the the mistakes that you've had in road courses in the past. Um, I know. I think this is my third or fourth season racing with you in various leagues, and um, you've always been far superior, I would say, than most um, on the road courses. Definitely um, ovals mm-hmm. as well, but especially road courses. And early on, um, before I really got to know you, I know you were snake bitten um, a lot with mistakes. I don't know whether it was caused by you or getting into a lap car, what it be. Um, but it was good to see that you've you've gotten into your groove on them, and uh, are absolutely dominating essentially. Sure. Yeah. Um. I I I think it was four road course races we had before I I was able to finally put in Victor Lane, and it was uh, if I'm not mistaken, two of them were mistakes. I think one of them was a strategy mistake, and then one of them was I think it was a Roval. I sent it too hard in the turn one on the first lap and just. Dis- destroyed my right front toe link and that basically screwed up my whole race the other two were just i believe it was strategy the one was uh which one was it watkins Glen? i got wrecked yeah because our watkins Glen race uh mason houseman won first, that one yep. mm-hmm. i'm glad he won it and not the person who wrecked me that's <laughs> that's all right <laughs> but that is what it is that's a good point. It's all in the past now, but uh, yes, congratulations on your win. I mean, it is your third win of the season. Um, we'll, we'll get into uh, what that means for you in, in the point system uh, a little bit later, um, but we'll move on to some other key notes from this race. Um, the first thing I wanted to point out was, uh, Richard, you had a <laughs> an amazing pace um, this race. You did. You, uh, you, you impressed me. You impressed uh, several other drivers that I've heard from. Um, and I just wanted to give you a, a shout out and kudos, um, to your run until it was ruined. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. Um, dude, I, I, I'm not going to lie, man. I impressed myself with my pace there. Like it, it really meant something when Carl said that he was actually watching me and seeing my line that I was taking and how I was driving the track, um, to be as fast as I was. I, I'm never good at the road courses. I mean, I've been doing a little bit more road course racing on the service overall, and I think that may have helped a little bit, but the difference is, like, the GT3 cars, the GTP cars, like, any of the road course racing cars in general, they just handle, like, butter compared to what these next-gen cars do on a road course. These, it just, and I, and I can't say, you know, the handling differences between real life versus the service. Cause I mean, these cars were built completely around an oval course style race. So it just, these cars are really hard to handle. They're heavy, they're loose, they're fast. Um, so it's, I, it was a track I was dreading coming, coming into the, the week. I was definitely dreading it. And from the first laps that I put down in one of the practices we had over the week, I was running one like low 120 or 220s, high 219s. And I think by the end of the second practice, I was down to the 216s. And I don't know where that speed came from. I don't know how. I did find out that I did get faster later in the day of the run. Um, 
that's but yeah, in the I, I, the sim. That is. Yeah, yeah, in the sim. Yeah. So when it started getting, you know, later in the day in the sim, like I felt like I was getting faster. I could handle the car better. Yeah, the but track in this seemed to change a lot. Yeah, it definitely Dakota. did. It went from like super loose to it had that nice balance of grip, you know, later what, in our run in the race. So what did we start off at in the practice right before the race? Like uh, it was like was 130 degrees on track. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then by the end of the race, I think we were below 100 degrees. And so yeah. that that huge swing That's in temperature swing. train just changed the track almost night and day. And I think it was good for us to have that hot temperature early on um, in the mm-hmm. practice. And people that maybe didn't put in enough practice this week um, for for various reasons got to at least experience it at its worst. And then it only got better from there. So mm-hmm. I, I think it put everyone on a good um, level. And there weren't too many incidents this week, so it was a good thing um, overall. There so. were, there were a couple, but. I guess that will bring me up to who ruined your race, Richard. Well, I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> I, I don't want to take full blame for ruining it. I, no, I definitely, no, you. I definitely. You can't take full your... blame for it. You, you didn't help. I'll put it that way. You didn't right. help. I mean, <laughs> I will say because of how we were able to run the cars on that. Because if you haven't gone back and watched a race yet, to anybody that you know is keeps up with us. Uh, we made a mid-race decision that we were not going to throw the stage caution going from stage two to the final stage. Um, it's just we were going to have a two-lap shootout, and then basically the stage was going to end, and then we'd only have like seven laps or something like that for the final stage. So we just decided to run out the rest of the race. That gave us like 18 laps of racing, 18, 19, something like that, and that was right on the fuel like cutoff line for everybody. But the biggest thing was tires, and I think the mix between the tires wearing out and then the back end of that car getting lighter, which did not bode well for me, um, it just so happened I did get loose going into one of the turns, and it just it didn't give Borbell enough time to actually slow down. (laughs) Yeah, Borbell just didn't have enough time to slow down and got into the back of me and just spun out, and... That was the first mistake. Um, that was set me back two positions. Um, I was running top four the entire race. I was. Wow, oh, you almost had was, it too. I yeah. did. I almost saved and that. I was talking to Richard afterwards, and I tried to give him every chance to to regather it. Uh, I even backed Ronnie up even more than he probably wanted to be. Almost came to a full stop, and immediately once I got into the back of you, I, I felt terrible. Um, it was obviously yeah. not intentional. We were, we were racing so close for. I don't know, almost 10 laps, it felt like. It was a long time. Oh, my God, yeah. And, like, I know there were parts of the track that you were way faster than me at, and then there was parts of the track that I was faster than you at. And it's just that point, I just happened to make a mistake, and uh, it just, you know, unfortunate. It happens. It's yeah. That's racing for you, especially when it's that close on a road course also. Like, that's... Exactly. Um, I, I'm not... I Trust me, I was definitely very mad <laughs> in the moment, and <laughs> I honestly <laughs> should have just been level-headed about it and be like, you know... It happens, um, but because I was so in my head and how you know kind of irritated I was, I made another mistake later trying to catch up. So yeah, and in but. the heat of the moment, you're you're definitely entitled to being upset about it. Um, <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, I'm glad like it was you that I got into, um, not not <laughs> not to wreck you on purpose, but just like because I know. Um, me hitting you and you will have an understanding that it wasn't intentional in the situation. You you have a, a level mind about it, at least after the fact. So I will say this though. Uh that is two races that two next level motorsports drivers <laughs> have wrecked me now. I wasn't the other one, was I? 
Adam was in Daytona. Uh, oh, that's, that's Daytona. Yeah, that's Daytona. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Gavin will probably wreck you next week. My friend next week. <laughs> yeah, boy, let's do this. Hey, you know I love super speedway racing, so I'm excited for next week. I, I don't know what y'all say. Well, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that, boys. But uh, so the next thing I just wanted to uh, touch on real quick, uh, Brady Motes mm. was battling in the top three for uh, most of the race. I know he, him, and Adam were battling very, very close the whole sure. race. Yeah. Um, and then Brady had a a little bit of connection issues, um, which is unfortunate to see because he had such a great run. Uh, I wanted to give him a shout out for his performance. Uh, he came back after I think it's been about two weeks or so, or two races since we've seen him. Um, and he came back with a bunch of speed, so that was that was good to see. Um, another quick shout out uh, to Patrick Hernandez and Dustin Stallings, um, two two incredible runs. Uh, Patrick finished, I believe, fifth. Let me pull up these. Yeah, Patrick finished yes. fifth, and you know, of of all the things, uh, Patrick is. Uh, very vocal about what he feels on the track. Um, he yes. had a really uh, rough run at Dover during the practice. Um, he's he's very um, adamant about how the car feels, how the track feels, and he 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 did the same thing at Coda. But he was able to gather himself up, um, even though I think he actually spun twice. He had two different spins, finishing fifth at Coda, being able to recover, and then Dustin Stallings, um, another great run. He DC'd. He was a lap down, mm -hmm. but before he he DC'd, had went a lap down before the stage got his lap back and then ended up taking uh, a sixth place so both of those drivers did really really well at coda and so um it's going to be interesting to see how they move forward um if dustin can get that um connection side figured out he, he's going to be a threat going into the the going into the chase definitely uh, oh he's he's been a wonderful competitor race around it has been very sad seeing him disconnect but like him disconnecting at Coda, and I, I will give him huge props though. This guy, every race that he's disconnected, he has still came back to run with us. And this time, it worked out to benefit him because mm -hmm. he came back and finished. What was it? Sixth? Is that is that what he yeah, finished? Sixth. Sixth place after being a lap down because mm -hmm. of the disconnect. Wow. So phenomenal, phenomenal work by Dustin. Dustin, thanks for thanks for sticking it out, man. That's mm -hmm. that's one thing that's really hard to do when it comes to a league race in the sim. You disconnect, you're already mad about that, and a lot of people just say, you know what, forget it, I'm not coming back. But you do a phenomenal job every week. Every time you disconnect, you still come back, and you still race people, you know, hard. Like, you still are there, and it's... Can't wait till you can fix that internet issue and race us every lap of the race. I couldn't agree with you more. It, it, it's been a great uh, time to, to race with a lot of these people I'm not familiar with. Obviously, I know the three of y'all very well, um, racing with y'all in the past, but some of these newer guys that I'm not familiar with, uh, Patrick Hernandez, Dustin Stallings, Ronnie, um, Brendan, Matthew, I mean, the list is, is never-ending. Um, it's really been a good time racing with all of them and seeing um, some of their strong suits and some things that they need to work on and whatnot, but it, it, it's been great. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch on about the race, uh, was Ronnie and I's last lap. Um, <laughs> it, it was another, I guess, incident I got into. Um, this one was, I guess, more warranted, not because he did anything, just because it's the last lap, it's the last corner. Um, but basically, uh, Ronnie... You're going for another team, one, two, three. Exactly. Motorsports going for another one, two, three, Gavin got the win by a big margin adam was in second by a big margin and uh ronnie made a little slip up i made a slip up probably five or so laps beforehand and gave him the spot 
but then I was I was tracking him down from it and uh, basically put everything on the line to to get around him. And I had a chance going into the last corner, and I tried to dive it down inside, and he he made a little block to it and gave him the bumper, and I had it I had around him, and then I shifted down into first gear and got on the gas too hard. Um, I was karma. too excited to try to <laughs> yeah, it, basically it was karma for myself. <laughs> But I, I was just too excited. I was like, I, I know he's beside me. I just need to get on the gas first, and I've got this. Um, yeah. it, it's kind of a rookie mistake on my end, uh, at least getting out of it. But I, I, him and I talked. We're good on it. Um, it's 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 another racing move in my eyes. Um, I don't. Yeah, I, don't see I was, I was... dirty. Well, but, well, even he would, I was gonna say that was right? that was a fair move. Well, even even in the post race interview, he said it was a legit move, and that uh, he, he, like you guys keep you have said, it's he would have done the same thing, and so there were. I don't think there's any hard feelings there, and that's just good racing. And in the end of the day, that's Absolutely. the product we're looking for. And the fact that you put mm-hmm. it all out there, and at the end, you know, you guys both have you know come to the agreement that it's racing. And I honestly, maybe next uh, road course of Wetlands Glen in the playoffs, it could be uh, you know inversed. Uh, Ronnie could be on your bumper. Steven and can have the same issue coming out of that last corner. So, uh, but that's what we look for in in the racing, and it, it, it's good that both you have kind of a uh, cheerful outlook on it and being able to move on from that. Yeah, that's a lot of it, and just like the respect that we have towards each other. Um, I mean, I I can that can I can say that for everyone in the league. We have a pretty mutual respect with everyone. Um, we're all mature about it, and no one's out there to to attack one another, which is a good thing. So. It's just part of racing, but uh, so there were only two lead changes in this race. Uh, as we touched on, Gavin was passed on the first lap after taking the pole, and then took it back on lap two, and and uh, really pulled away on that one. Uh, with that being said, obviously Gavin won the first and second stages and the race, um, so he had a literally perfect race. A His second one of the race. season. Now, yes. quick question: Was there actually only two lead changes? Because I thought they swapped lead multiple times throughout the first couple. No, of there was, there was, they they were close. Brady was close a couple times, but Gavin kept it after he was okay. able to pass him in the third lap. So, it, uh, just, oh, it's right there in the change. stats. Okay, but gotcha. two okay. leaders. Um, so that's what we just went with. I mean, uh, no, that's Gavin fine. Was I'm contested. Yeah. You're trying to trying to make Gavin feel bad that he he didn't have. A I, mean, I guess the no, I was is... just I was trying to make the like the race for the lead more exciting, not just one pass and done. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, it really it, it was exciting that first lap. Um, the race. Oh, it the definitely lead, was. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. watching it from where I was. Oh, because I was third watching it. Yeah, well, I mean, not even that. I mean, okay, Circuit of the Americas is over three and a half miles long. Okay, there were 17 cars that were able to grid and race. But throughout the race, there were groups of two or three cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, Dustin, uh, I know there's Brendan and Norman kind of involved. Uh, obviously, the well-documented battle between Norman, yourself, Steven, and Richard. That was a good one. There were a, a few good battles throughout the race. Stage one, stage two, and the final stage. Uh, so considering uh, we did have phenomenal attendance for a road course, but even had more phenomenal battles even lower on in the field, um, I I finished seventh. I don't know what I did, you know, and I was the exact opposite of Richard going into this race. Like I was feeling confident. I had a little bit of experience. I was literally looking to um, build off that. Uh, But after finding my pace and everything just wasn't where I wanted to be. So I was just trying to defend whatever position I had and whatever track I had. 
No, you brought up a good point. There, there were great battles throughout the whole track. Um, other than the, the first lap, uh, th there wasn't a battle for the lead. I mean, there was the restart um, that we had, uh, whatever it was, lap 12 or something. Um, but I wouldn't even say that was much of a battle. I mean, once once Gavin got out there, he was gone. Um, and that's just a testament to, uh, to your speed out there, Gavin. Um, but throughout the rest of the field, there were great battles throughout the whole race. Um, and it was, like you said, great attendance, which was awesome to see. Um, we really appreciated all the drivers that came out and uh, really exceeded my expectations. And I know a few other expectations for the race. Um, so that's always good to see and hope we can uh, carry that momentum moving forward. Um, but anything else y'all wanted to touch on uh, about this race before we move on to the meatball of the week? It, you know, it was a very, I, I've, I've seen less attendance and have more issues. I've seen a lot of upset individuals, but I think this was very, very cordial and very, um, like, like you said, respectful. And, you know, through the past three weeks of doing the podcast, this is race six, respect is everywhere and we keep bringing it up and it's it's something you don't find even in leagues because a lot of people look for leagues and hope for that respect and uh we, we found it here and it just keeps showing up week after week atlanta's gonna be a little different because it's it's a whole different animal being a super speedway but it's it's been really really fun racing with these guys week in week out uh and being able to have these battles that we've been having I couldn't agree with you more. And next next week will definitely be an interesting challenge. Um, there's definitely going to be some feelings hurt. but So we'll move on to the Meatball of the Week. Um, for those that don't know, the Meatball of the Week is our uh, segment where we pick who, in our opinion, made the stupidest move, per se, um, all in lightheartedness. Um, it could have been myself. It could have been Carl. It could have been Richard. It could have been anyone in the race that made a silly move or, or call. Um, so, Gavin, since you're a guest... I would like you to pick your meatball of the week first. I'm sorry, Stephen, but I have to go with you. <laughs> I, I saw it, was, it was the only thing that stood out to me. Um, you know, it's it wasn't a bad move, though, but it's just spinning on exit. Like you said, it's kind of a rookie mistake, and it's just, what were you were, were you in second gear coming off the corner? No, Going first. into first, just to try to get it. So you were in first. I was in first. Okay. Um, I at the time, I don't know for certain, because um, throughout the whole race, I was second shifting down to first before entering that last corner. Um, mm -hmm. But when I was sending it, I, I may and, not have shifted down beforehand um, and probably did late and then got back on the gas too early. So it just really upset the car. Yeah, and I will say that that corner coming off of the, the last corner can be the very loose, and especially that awkward way you came in there. You kind of had a tight entry. So, I mean pushed it was just the 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 excitement of trying to get to the finish line before him obviously there's a there's a lot of things going on so yeah, i can't blame you for it but it's I, i'd have to go with you steven i'm sorry well, no no need to apologize <laughs> that, that's that's fair but uh carl we'll go to you next because i want to save richard for, for third. <laughs> actually you know this is funny that you bring the uh, i'm next because um i'm gonna call out adam buzzio on uh -oh. the initial green oh. flag I knew another it. Yeah. rookie move I about that. he misses a shift and i am right behind him i feel like i'm following adam because adam's following gavin and i'm like you know what they're gonna time this restart they're gonna get as best of the, best of a restart that they can or just a start because this is the initial green flag 
back. I know they're timing this up. And here we are. Yeah, you were pulling up there. So here I am. I'm on his bumper. I'm ready to go. And the next thing I know, crunch. <laughs> and then there's Richard. Oh, no. I was behind you. <laughs> oh, man. And the next thing I know, I'm getting passed by like three or four cars. I'm like, oh, my God. I had a great restart. But Adam missing his shift. Uh, that, that You know, Adam, uh, I know you're watching. I know you're listening. But guess what, buddy? You're my meatball of the week. <laughs> yeah, that's a good choice. I, I completely forgot about it since I, did I was too. all the way back there. I, I didn't even see it happen. Um, but I do remember hearing a lot of people complain about it and Adam feeling uh, pretty dumb about it on, <laughs> on his own. I guess another rookie, rookie mistake. So uh, some rookie mistakes from Next Level Motorsports last week uh, other than the perfection artist over there. But uh, Richard, <laughs> who is your meatball of the week? Uh, this is going to sound really funny. I'm going to pick myself. I I mean, I I got loose coming out of that turn with that caused Borbell to get into my bumper and spin me out. Um, but that's not even the meatball part. The meatball part is when I was overdriving the car to try to catch back up to return the favor. And I just uh got a little too rambunctious and over you know, overzealous and just spun the car again later, which dropped me all the way back to eighth, like behind Carl. So I, I pick well, myself the meatball. Yeah, a really tough place to be, you know, especially <laughs> when I've been faster than him the entire practice week. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, there was a point, Richard, I think you were like a second and a half, almost two seconds behind me. And then on the last lap, on the last corner, I made a mistake. I had a time penalty and I didn't want that black fight on the checker flag. We had almost a drag race that there was not even a car length between us. We had so, a drag race for that position. So, Carl, fun fact, when you got that time penalty, I was still trying to get rid of a time penalty. Oh! <laughs> I had one, too. So I was trying to drive just like... I was still trying to keep my speed up, but I was also trying to like slow down enough to tick that timer down. Mm-hmm. But like when I was catching you in that long, winding right-hand set of turns, mm-hmm. my timer actually was going up because I was going too fast. <laughs> so I was trying to still slow it down some more. And uh, yeah, by the time I finally got around that last turn, it was gone. And like, but yours was also. So yeah, that, that last mm-hmm. drag race was a lot of fun. Yes. Um, but yeah, that, that last spin, I mean, when I, when I had a top five pace pretty oh, much man. the entire race and then I just spin out twice. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd gladly take a bonehead, uh, you know, meatball that, <laughs> for the week for that. That was a surprise answer uh, <laughs> from you, but I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Um, my meatball this might be one for you, Steven, right here, here. Right here. I yeah, that's what I'm going to decide on. Um, <laughs> at the time, I was I was infuriated. Um, so my meatball of the week is Zachary King. It's nothing personal. It was just uh, the event that happened on lap three. Um, I felt like I was just trying to trying to give you as much space as I could um, in certain parts of the track earlier in the lap, and then you just weren't letting me go. So I found my own way underneath you and then got hooked um, coming out of the corner. Uh, At the time, I was very upset, but, I mean, it was on my own for starting 14th since I had uh, qualifying issues of my own. But, uh, I mean, I could have picked Carl spinning himself. Um, oh man if it wasn't for that i might have been able to continue my streak of top fives and you know you, you mentioned that steven and I, I that was on that was like lap two after that restart and i'm yep. thinking you know here i am a cold tires and i did it in practice and that was probably my biggest issue that one corner for some reason was my biggest issue and i kept telling myself keep take it easy take it easy and here i am 
cold tires, I didn't take it easy. So, yeah, I, I pretty much earned my spot. You definitely earned it, and you're lucky that I didn't pick on you this week because I saw it happen <laughs> um, in person because I realized you were behind me soon after the restart. And so I'm obviously checking my review mirror, especially any time Carl's behind me. I never know when he's going to send it into me. Um, but coming out of that same corner, I, I just see you lose the back end and – it's like, oh no, Carl! It's gonna be a it's gonna be a long race for you. But you recovered for seventh place, which I feel like is pretty uh, admirable, especially after that. Especially, you know, Coda and I, lately I've been my own worst enemy with the amount of, we keep talking about it. With the amount of respect, the lack of wrecks. I mean, Dover, Bristol. There, we've been having really huge, long green flag runs, and so I really have to put myself in check. And that was one instance where I didn't do that, and so I that was all on me, and I just need to do better. And and to kind of touch on Borbell, you know, you say you start in 14th or whatnot. Like, the biggest thing about Coda also is the off tracks. Mm -hmm. And, like, you get an off track during qualification, it null and voids that lap. And that's a long lap. So, I think, what do we get, three or four laps total? I think it was three. I think you could get four laps total for qualification. Because we did open qualification. It wasn't, you know, two laps done. So getting an off track just completely ruins your run. So if you aren't able to stay on the track, which is, you know, a feat in itself, um, you're not going to get a qualification lap down. So that that's that's an unfortunate thing about Coda. Definitely so. And it's just one of those things about road courses, especially and Coda. Um, but those are our meatballs of the week. Uh, hopefully there's no one with too, uh, too many hurt feelings out there. But, Me. Uh, <laughs> hey, if it's you, I'm okay with it. I hurt my own feelings. <laughs> That's your own fault. I don't know what to tell you there. Uh, I mean, I I just got to listen to my coffee cup right now. I'm just going to take a drink of it right now. <laughs> so we will move on to our updated standings. Uh, there they are. So with your win and your dominating race, Gavin, you have taken the points lead from your uh, arch nemesis, uh, I guess is what we're calling him for you now. <laughs> Ronnie Norm, we're just going to, we're just going to start the drama for you. Uh, so you don't have to. Don't worry about it. Championship rival. I feel like that's... There we go. That's, that's a better descriptor. Arch nemesis. There's Arch no tension between us. We're, no, we're... no actual tension. It's just y'all are both uh, uh, right up there in skill level. Um, Bristol? That was just... It wasn't... I didn't get wrecked. I was just upset about the situation. I'd rather have just been able to race it out. And... Well, but you know cool. that 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 just goes to to point that Bristol was what our third fourth race of the season. Everyone's still trying to get to know each other. I you know Bristol, we may see a repeat, but I I think uh, everyone's learning each other, and it, it's going to be a fun battle seeing you guys go back and forth through the rest of the season, heading for that championship. Absolutely, y'all are going to be neck and neck the whole way. I'm sure of it. But uh, so we got Richard who moved up two spots into eighth from tenth. Uh, Richard, you're now 33 points above 11th. Uh, I would assume you must be feeling a lot better than you had. Um, I don't know. It was a couple weeks ago. You were outside of the top 10. Uh, yeah. I mean, last week I did um, push up into the top 10, but I was only up by like what 11 points, I think, at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, sounds about right. So, um, I mean, like I like I touched last week, consistency, and that's. I mean, my, again. I could have finished a lot better at Coda. Uh, I was my own worst enemy at that track at the end there. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm still not 
mad about an eighth place finish on a road course for me. I'm not mad at that at all. So, um, I mean, that's about my average finishing finishing position anyway this uh, this season. So I'm I'm at about exactly where I kind of expected, even with missing the one race. So I'm a lot more comfortable now than what I was last week. Yeah, I assumed that to be the case of with a 33 point uh, cushion um, and a, a driver of your skill level. I feel like as long as you make the rest of the races, you, you will be fine. Um, and I mean, if things come up, it's it's part of life. But uh, I'd, I'd be pretty safe if I were you. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't miss any Richard, <laughs> Richard is the only car in the top nine that's missed a race. Like, there's, uh, Ad, um, I'm sorry, not Adam Patinka, but Christopher Campbell. He's been there all six races, but he's behind Richard. So right now, Richard is, uh, even if he does miss another race, if you know, if life happens, he's still in a decent position to keep uh, making that chase. Oh, for sure. But then if that happens, he, he just can't afford a mistake at somewhere <laughs> like Atlanta. Um, no blow to motors, please. <laughs> hey, I mean, you already had it once at a super speedway, so oh. what, what's, what's another blown motor for another Chevy? Stop! It's definitely a Chevy problem because uh, none of us at the Ford camp have that issue. But no, you just you all wreck me. It's fine. Yeah, we don't wreck. Oh, Chevy hasn't won a race this season, have they? Nope. They have nope. Not, and, and they will not. Only Ford and Toyota. Toyota. Ford and Toyota. Toyota. Them chain Yoders. I'll have you know of. If you say I wreck you, I mean, so be it. But I will say I had the least amount of incident points per race coming into this race. Now, I had the most <laughs> incident points in this race, and it was a road course where I had 100 and something. Um, but the stats you know, it, prior it, to that. that. That's funny because the drivers with over 100 incident points are yourself, Adam. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, yourself, Steven. Adam and Richard Wolsifer at 123, and then Zach King. <laughs> so uh, that is actually very interesting. But you can't, like you said, Stephen, you have to take that with a grain of salt with it being Coda. And those those off tracks are just so, so strict. About <laughs> you're me. still over 100. It doesn't matter if you're... <laughs> well, I mean, that just goes to my point of I had 17 incident points in the five races combined previously. So, like, yeah. I'm just going to toot my horn a little bit i, I felt like i had been <laughs> rather clean for the most part of the year so far um road courses get the worst out of me so it's just how it is <laughs> but um that will get me to carl you are now in fifth place of the standings uh adam wait you were fifth place last week you fell to fifth from fourth so now you remain <laughs> in fifth um and you are sitting at 103 points over 11th um, so obviously you've got to feel pretty safe. You can probably miss a race or two and still feel, um, pretty safe. Not saying you want to, um, <laughs> but how do you feel about catching, uh, the four guys in front of you? I mean, so I'm 26 points ahead and then there's a little bit, uh, further ahead. You know, I, I, I don't try to look at that broad of a spectrum. Um, I know, uh, you know, we're looking four points ahead. I'm what 42 points behind Adam, 55 points behind Ronnie. But let's let let's be realistic. Ronnie, Ronnie and Gavin are a league of their own. Yep. Adam has his win, and he's really good at finishing the stages. And looking at what he did last week at Coda, I I, I love racing around him. I don't think I can compete with him unless you know either he 
speeds on pit road or has another incident uh such as that so um really i'm focused on yourself steven and adam patinko i'm sorry evan patinko sorry evan um evan actually had a really good race i think he had an incident later on in the race and had a dc uh but evan's been uh evan and i have been racing around each other all season long and so he's had the speed um steven yourself uh these past two or three weeks uh on my end i've been you know one two spots back uh in stages in the finishing position so really if anything i'm more focused on you and have a target on your back steven because oh, i want that fourth spot back uh but that, that's that's <laughs> that's my focus right now um so i if I, I i'm not too worried about falling out of the top 10 but i do want that fourth spot because i i now that Adam has his win, his, he's kind of starting to shake off that forever third. I want to take over that forever fourth and uh, get that going for me. No, and I think that's a fair way to look at it because in the same way you feel about trying to catch me um, now in the points and battle with me is I, how I feel about trying to battle with Adam. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a little butthurt personally that Adam took <laughs> over third from me this week, um, but he has such a great run of his own. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of expected it. Um but again, it's it's one of those friendly rivalries that it makes it really fun to uh, show up <laughs> each week and race. And Adam being just such a such a good teammate that he is and uh, a friend, it just makes it even more rewarding if uh, it can pass him up. So it's just something I can hold over him. So <laughs> Gavin, like we said, you did take over first in the standings uh, for your first time this season. Now um, you finally caught up after you put yourself in a hole uh, at Daytona. But I mean, that was that was a given for everyone that knew anything about you that you were going to get back after a super speedway race since it's such a, a crapshoot there. Um, how do you feel about your point situation and being able to hold off Ronnie for the rest of the season for the regular season? That is. Oh, man, it's it's going to be tough because I'm pretty sure I'm missing Eldora due to a, a trip that I have planned with the family. But I man, I wish I got a little earlier so I could see my name up there just just for a little bit longer but <laughs> looks like i only have what two more races really before before it probably will go back to to ronnie but i have after a lower one two three four races before the playoffs start so hopefully i can come up with something to to get that that back I mean, um unless know. ronnie somehow misses a race too that's, that's true. you never know which he he does have a very busy schedule. Um, it would be unfortunate, um, but it makes it kind of fair. But no, I just just to just have to keep up the the consistency, and I I haven't been able to do that with my stages lately. I've been struggling. Dover and Charlotte, I I just been throwing out terrible strategy. I haven't I've got pretty bad stage points lately. So I just I need to. I need to come up with something um, to hopefully maintain that. And as much as I want to share my strategies with you um, about getting those stage points, I don't know how much of my strategy I want to share with you because at the end of the day, I know if we're given the same strategy, you're going to outrace me nine times out of ten. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, at the end of the day, like I, I want to see you do good. I want to see Adam do good. Um, I'm sure you'll get that figured out. But you are 13 points ahead of Ronnie as of right now. Um, who knows what Atlanta brings in store um, for the point situation, but if you well, can get a little bit more of a gap, 
um, and still miss a race, I think you still have a chance um, at taking home the regular season championship, and we'll see how that plays out. Sure. But I'll just go ahead and read off our top 15 in the standings, and we will move forward. So first we do have Gavin Rogers. Uh, second is Ronnie Norman coming in third, Adam Buzio. Fourth, myself. Fifth, Carl Pooler. Sixth, Evan Patinko. Seventh, Jared Hughes. Eighth, Richard Wolsifer. Ninth, Christopher Campbell. Tenth is Bill Hales. Eleventh, Matthew Erickson. Twelfth, Zachary King. Thirteenth, Eric Hauk. Fourteenth, Brady Motes. And fifteenth, Jeremy Clapper Newell. Um, so there are several guys that are on the outside, but they are still very close and uh, within striking distance. So their, their season is by no means close to over. Um, we have lots of racing to go. And that brings us to next week. We are at Atlanta Motor Speedway uh, for the Breast Cancer Awareness 250 on uh, January 23rd at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Richard, we'll start with you. How do you feel about Atlanta Motor Speedway, um, or I guess with the reconfiguration to a super speedway of, of sorts? Uh, I mean, I love super speedway racing. I do enjoy old Atlanta more, but this new Atlanta setup, it's uh, this new Atlanta layout, I guess, that we've had for a few years now. It's, it is a lot of fun. It's, it still can be a little different than its actual super speedway, uh, due to tire wear actually matters here because <laughs> eventually we will have to get off the gas a little to get through the turns safely. I'll put it that way. Um, but the racing is tight. That is not a wide track anymore. They took a little bit of the track of the way away from you, uh, to, you know, increase the banking a little bit. So passing is tough it is going to be really tough to pass here i think that's the one downside about this being a super speedway style race is because there's not a lot of passing opportunities and when you do like you have to know who you're passing like not on the inside mm -hmm. but on the outside also because if they're not steady with their wheel like something's going to happen so it's it's going to be a lot of a lot of give and take it's going to be a lot of learning how to control your car um, smoothly and just knowing when and where you can make those passes and who's around you to be able to make those passes. Well, that's, a, that's a very good point of the tire wear being such a big factor here of, I remember times past that we've done this race of after uh, some laps get put on those tires, they, they become really hard to handle in the corners and you really have to let off. Um, and other drivers around you might let off in a different way, and then that's when the stack-up can happen, and it, it turns hectic before you know it. Um, Carl, what, what are you, some things you're looking forward to or or not looking forward to uh, this week? It, you know, I think Richard hit almost every topic on the head. Um, I'm going to start off, I love super speedway racing. Um, my, first, my only podium in a league race is at Talladega. Uh, but to, to uh, throw some numbers out there, uh, we have Daytona at 2.5 miles. We have Talladega at 2.66 miles. Atlanta is a 1.5 mile track. Tires really do matter, as Richard said. And... Um, if you haven't seen any, uh, for the viewers out there, for those listeners out there, if you haven't seen any races at Atlanta, uh, especially in the sim, um, normally, especially at Talladega and Daytona, you can kind of maybe just let up off a little bit on 
a corner entry, uh, give the guy in front of you a little bit of a space, because you don't want to push in the middle of the corner. That that ends that ends up in usually spins, crashes, you know, chaos. Uh, but it, Atlanta is such so much more exaggerated. Um, the corners are a tighter radius. Uh, the banking, the banking, while it is high, you have to really be careful on how to run that track because if you do get into a guy in front of you, um, you got to know who you're racing with. Again, Richard is is speaking facts, and you got to be careful of who you're racing around. You got to know is the guy in front of you going to be able to take a little bit of a bump going into the corner, or is the guy in front of you going to let off a little bit, go on into that space. Um, it, it, it is a very, very perfect storm for an absolutely chaotic race. The outside line, especially as the tires wear, can be uh, the line you want to run. You can carry the speed. You don't have to wear the tires as much. Um, but it is, again, the longest way around the track. And you really want a lot of people that you trust around you to be able to use that teamwork, use that uh, cooperation, be able to get that result that you're looking for and Atlanta's kind of one of those wild cards with the repave not a lot of people know it yet there's still a lot I think in my opinion to be discovered about Atlanta and how to race it and a lot of these drivers are still trying to figure that out and you know like you were saying there like you know teamwork is really big on super speeders especially Atlanta that's that's one thing we encouraged our drivers when they joined the league because we had a lot of drivers come in just solo entries. They had nobody they raced with. They had no team. And we encouraged these guys to create teams and, you know, have someone they can work with every week. This is where it's going to come in handy. A track like Atlanta right now is where your teamwork and having an actual team with you is going to come in handy. No, that's a good point. And I don't typically think of um atlanta as teammate heavy as somewhere like daytona or especially talladega um talladega really is teammate heavy in my opinion at mm -hmm. least just because of the if you have a green flag pit cycle um coming in together and being on page for that is really important um obviously in the fact of the draft and pushing each other and, and making a move where you need to it's very important um but i guess with atlanta and my experience of I never know who's going to be around me. And just because a teammate is a couple spots behind me doesn't mean they can get to me pretty easily and help me out. Um, it's going to be tough to pass because of just how narrow it is. Definitely. I mean, going three wide at Atlanta is almost a death sentence, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the corners and 30 laps into the run. Like, Who, who knows what's going to happen? Um, but those are good points. Uh, teammates are important everywhere, and especially super speedway racing. Um, Gavin, I know, I know historically you haven't necessarily loved super speedways. Uh, what about Atlanta? Is it a little bit different for you? You know, I, I don't hate super speedways. I just hate my luck. Like <laughs> I know in Wicked, I, I got photo finish with, I believe TJ, mm -hmm. I got second to that. And then they, Talladega was a crazy one. The season opener. Um, I believe you won that Steven, if I'm not mistaken correct. That was my last win. yeah that yeah that that one i felt like season. i had a good shot and good old bean i think he he <laughs> screwed me up there i would have had a shot but um no i i enjoy it i think it's a, it's it's a good uh i can't say relaxer but like you, there's here it's going to be a lot more difficult than say daytona or talladega because there's not there's a lot more strategy going on in the racing um, just trying to like save tires, like you guys were saying, like, like, 
there's going to be a lot of guys up there racing hard in the front and they're going to burn their tires up real quick and some guys in the back who might be saving will take advantage of that and it's it's going to be really tough and it's going to be hard to, it's also going to be hard for them to pass those guys because mm-hmm. I've seen if we've had a lot of consistent two wide racing and it's really hard to get a third group going it's it's really difficult um it's it's just it's really you're gonna have to i feel like qualifying is gonna be huge it's gonna be a lot bigger than it than it has been for some of our other super speedway races it's gonna be big for for teams if they can get some figured out and try to get like an equal lap time that'll be pretty big too because they can work with each other pitting will be a little easier because it'll be grouped up but it's a real big unknown you never know you just just have to see how how it goes out when we when we get into it well, we've been talking about, uh, sorry, Stephen, we've been talking about um, tire management, especially here at Atlanta, but the way you've been racing, I brought it up earlier, Bristol, Dover, a uh, lot of green flag runs. We've had a lot of green flag racing, and so not only are you going to have to worry about your tires, but the fuel as well. Are you going to be mm-hmm. able to draft? Uh, those leaders, we all know they burn more fuel. They're taking that air resistance and they're hitting it head on. Uh, this could uh, turn into another fuel strategy race, and if you can get in, get off, uh, be able to... Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, it, it's Atlanta is kind of the perfect storm of all of these factors that we love in racing. You have strategy, you have teammates, you have the elements, you have there, there's just so much to go in Atlanta. And I, it, it's, it's another one of those, if we have a good green flag run, who could save the most? And a lot of the people in the back that are in the draft will be able to save that fuel. Definitely. And do you, do y'all know if they have updated uh, Atlanta to have the pit road entrance going into turn three in the sim? That's a good question. I have. No I don't idea. think they have. I think they have left the pit yeah. entry at turn four, which is, in my opinion, a death sentence. You can't do that. Not not at Atlanta because that that track angle, uh, the grade of that. There's no way you're gonna make that without spinning out. So this another another thing you have to keep an eye on is pit entry under green flag stops if it happens. Yeah, it's definitely going to be really interesting to see how that plays out and who who tries to full send it basically into pit road and gets caught with that, that speeding penalty. I mean, uh, a, a teammate of, of Gavin and I is familiar with his speeding penalties, so uh, I'll, I'll do my best to warn him going in at least, but I'm pretty sure he'll be on top of it. And, you know, not even speeding going into pits. It's just trying to get out of the pack to get down there safely Mm -hmm. because you're going to turn sharper, which these cars are already kind of loose, especially that close together. And that's just going to be a sharp turn going down into pits. Like I, Uh it's, I don't know. That's, and that's what, that's why we throw practice sessions up. We, I mean, honestly, Atlanta is one of those tracks that we're going to need some good participation and practices. I'm hoping that we can see that. So we can practice that pit road entrance for Atlanta because that's I think that is where we're probably going to have a big wreck or caution in our final stage because we know stage one and stage two, we're going to be able to make it, you know, start to finish of those stages on fuel. It's that final stage that will be, you know, probably the hindrance and might cause a big wreck there. And, and that's if we don't have the big wreck before then. Um, but I yeah, <laughs> I think we'll have a good early green, like green flag runs. I think we'll be clean at the beginning, but 
like Richard said, getting to the end, I think we'll have a few wrecks, especially because the, the playoffs are coming up soon. We're mm-hmm. a little past halfway right in the regular season. So a lot of guys are looking at, at the standings. They're like, you know what? I got to I gotta do something here. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's when chaos is probably going to start definitely towards the end of it. Sorry, I, I caught y'all looking around uh, of what that noise was. I, w- I was knocking on wood for Gavin. Um, <laughs> I heard a door knock, and I'm like, Who's, whose door is he knocked on? <laughs> is it my door? What's going on? You should on? have done that uh, soundboard. Oh, yeah. We're oh, no. Don't, don't start the soundboard. Oh, no. no, no, no. I can clean it out, man. When I, oh, when I would I stream on that. Twitch, when I would stream on Twitch, I had a, uh, a, uh, uh, a Bits soundboard thing, and people would play that, and it'd be oh, door no. knocking, and I used to face that wall. And uh, so whenever it happened, it'd always start in my right ear and my door was to my right shoulder. So every time it happened, I'd like flip around like, son of a, I hate you guys every time they got me. Every time. Those soundboards can get really fun though, but we'll we'll leave that for for our private. private (laughs) That's for our Patreon after party. Oh yeah. Subscribe early and uh, we have a limited amount of spots. Uh, The (laughs) pre-sale. We'll go on to our prediction for next week's race. Um, last week, I well, one of us picked correctly, but I mean, I, I, we're not even going to get into it. It was the most obvious choice of the season. We'll just go on to next week, who who we think um, is going to win. Gavin, we'll start with you since you're our guest. Oh, you man. The whole field to pick from. Who's your winner? And put me on the spot. This we is tough. Do. This is so tough. You know, it's funny. Adam said the same thing. Oh, put me on the spot. It's like, you're on a podcast. Of course yeah. we're going to put and, you and on the spot. The <laughs> like, come on. You're oh. on the spot at all times when you're on a podcast right. live. <laughs> right. I, I'm i going to take a, a good dark horse. I'm going to go with Patrick Hernandez. I feel like mm. this is something that he might try to take advantage with. He's fast, and I feel like, mm. man, I just... I've seen some good speed out of him. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is something that he can take advantage of, and since he's behind, he could be more aggressive. But he just he can't make any mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be it's, you. It's gonna be really hard to make your way up the field if you make a mistake. It's gonna be almost mm-hmm. impossible. Yeah. I, so I I really yeah I really I I feel confident with Hernandez. Very very good pick, uh, Carl. Let's go to you. Uh, you know, actually, um, since uh, I had someone pick me last week, I'm going to return the favor, and I'm going to say Richard Wolsifer, um, especially last week at uh, Coda, he showed some great pace. Uh, Richard has definitely been showing some uh, really finesse at these oval tracks, uh, the ones he hasn't either blown engines at or, you know, shown up to. Uh, but he's done actually really well, and uh, personally, me... If I'm leading a pack, I, I don't know what to do. I have a lot of trouble leading a pack. But if I'm that number two, I am a fantastic. I feel like I'm a fantastic pusher. And I wouldn't want to finish. Uh, I, I would feel like a win if I was able to push Richard Wilsifer to a win next week. I, I like that pick too. Um, I'm not going to lie. He, he was definitely on my short list of, uh, of people to pick. Um, so <laughs> I, I can't hate that pick. Richard, how do you feel about that? Ah, uh, I mean, I thanks for putting the pressure on me, Carl. <sighs> Again, you're on. A, I mean, you're on a podcast. I, I, I know, <laughs> I know. Uh no, I, I don't know. I, I like. I'm glad he, you know, he thought of me on that one because I, I love my super speedways, and 
I, I, I am upfront quite often on the super speed. It was just always, you know, like Gavin's saying, just bad luck. Nine times out of ten is what happens. So, I mean, that's just super speedway for you. But, um, Carl, I will say this though. Uh, I prefer pushing you. <laughs> but um, I just uh, but yeah, <laughs> but no, I. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a lot of it's you know I appreciate that for Carl. I mean, but I I am I'm very confident when it comes to super speedway racing. So, um, but I guess I will have my pick now for who I you know my dark horse pick for next week. It doesn't have to be a dark horse. You're right. I don't know why I said dark horse. Probably just following Gavin's. You know, whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Everyone just wants to be like Gavin. I know. Honestly, let's honest. yeah, let's do if that. If I can lead that many laps and win races, That's I mean, true. yes, I want to be like Gavin. Oh man, who do I see next week? If he can stay connected, I can see Dustin Stallings doing phenomenal. Man, that's a good one. That's, so that was my pick. Dang it! <laughs> he's he's been doing really phenomenal when he hasn't disconnected, and even when he does get disconnect, he does come back. So. Um, and you know, that's one thing that we have mentioned already to the drivers in the discord that, uh, we do have a, a ruling in the league about blinking. And I know we do have some drivers that do have issues with blinking throughout their races, but we are very strict on the super speedways because a blink can cause death. A one second blink can cause complete and utter death. Yeah. Figuratively when it comes to a super speedway race. But I think if Dustin can keep his internet squared away, cause like it, it's, it really doesn't make any sense for him sometimes is what it sounds like. Cause he can race officials perfectly fine. He has no issues at officials. It just seems to be only when he has the league race nights as he's starting to have issues. So, um, I don't know if we can figure something out or help him out there. That'd be great. But I think, I think Dustin can do wonderful if he can, uh, keep his internet together. Like I said, that that was that was my pick. Um, and Carl mm-hmm. taking my other one of my other picks. Um, so y'all are really making it difficult for me. Um, hey, great minds think alike. You're welcome. I guess I guess so. Um, man, I'm just gonna go ahead and pick myself. Um, this seems kind of sacrilegious, <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I I really enjoy super speedways. Um, Atlanta is one I really enjoy. I got my last win on a super speedway. Yes, it was Talladega. It wasn't Atlanta. Um, so it's a little bit different, but with Johnny shade, not being here, um, I feel or like TJ oh, Roberts. or TJ Roberts. Um, I, I feel like I have as good of a shot as anyone, but again, it's a super speedway. Anything can happen. Um, but I'm in that position where points wise, I'm, I'm not too concerned. Um, so I'm going to do what I can to get a win. Uh, to stay on the top side. <laughs> yeah, you remember? know, Steven, yeah, I remember. Um, oh, if, 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 if I pull some some memories out, unless you have been wrecked earlier on, I don't think you've finished outside of a top five in any super speedway race that I have seen you race in. That sounds about right. Um, I, I mean, from as long as I can remember, I've I've loved super speedway racing, and that comes before I racing. Um, that takes me all the way back to NASCAR 09 on the Xbox 360, actually. Um, always running at Daytona. Uh, it was always my favorite just to... It really is a big game of chess to me. Um, I, I feel like I have a good idea of predicting moves beforehand. 
Um, yes, Gavin brought up the point where I didn't stay high um, when leading at Daytona. Daytona is somewhere that's always ended up biting me, especially on the last lap. Um, at Wicked, I got turned on the last lap at Daytona when leading, and and stuff always seems to catch up to me there. Um, but I feel like Talladega and Atlanta are always different um, for me. So I, I'll pick myself and say screw it, and uh, hopefully I didn't jinx myself, and we'll see where we go. But I just want to join Next Level Motorsports in the, the win category. I, I can't be... <laughs> I can't be the Austin Cindric of the team. <laughs> so. Well, we will see uh, who our winner will be. Uh, be sure to tune in to next week's race on uh, Tuesday, January 23rd uh, at virtualracing.network's uh, YouTube channel at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, just as a reminder, if you follow us on Facebook, uh, a link to the race will also be made uh, available there on the day of, so you won't forget it. Um, that will bring us into our guest segment, or uh, better known as the Sundance Pizza Sit-Down. Ooh, I forgot about this. So it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of fitting that it's the Sundance Pizza Sit-Down for Gavin. Um, Gavin, if you just want to give us a little background about Sundance Pizza and uh, what they mean to you, and just give our our listeners a little information yeah so sundance pizza it's a small business owned by my grandparents they bought it back in 2020 of march and we i believe we opened around april so right when covid hit so talk about timing man but we we made it through we we did we did good and we're we're running great now and it's just it's it's just a good little place in a, in a small town you know um we got all kinds of food um and we got it's not just pizza it's we got burgers we got a whole grill in the back we got all kinds of fried stuff burgers and burritos and tacos and i might sound biased but i think I think most people would agree that, that have had it in the Wickenburg area, that Sundance Pizza is definitely the best in town. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things from people that I know that have tried it. So I, I really wish I got a chance to get out there when I was in Arizona recently. And uh, I'm sure next time I'm in the Phoenix area, I will definitely give it a try. Um, but we are gotcha. so thankful and proud to have uh, Sundance Pizza with us and supporting us. But So that will get us right into this segment where we will get to know a little bit more about Gavin Rogers. Um, Gavin, to start us off, where are you from? I know you gave a little bit of an insight, but where are you from? I am from Goodyear, Arizona. Born Just, and raised? Well, uh, well kind of. I believe I'm more a little bit up north in Surprise or something like that. Just a couple miles up north from where I'm at right now, which is Goodyear. But I was I was really raised in North Carolina. I think that's where I lived most of my childhood and then I moved to Texas for a couple of years and now I moved my way back here where the, the family is all at. Really? I had no idea you lived in the, the greatest country in the world at some point in your life. The greatest, greatest country? country. Oh yeah. You, you heard me right. I didn't stutter. Texas, Texas was for, for all of that you don't know. It was, it was its own country. The um, Republic of Texas. Uh, there yes. you go. Carl knows his history. Um, but no, the greatest state in America. Uh, greatest country in the world, whatever you want to call it. But, it wasn't bad when I lived there. No tornadoes, I got lucky with that. You, you definitely did get lucky with that because they're, they're a common occurrence here. 
But yeah. uh, so so Goodyear is a suburb of Phoenix. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. Right. Awesome. Just west of Phoenix. So you love that desert out there. But, Do they uh, make the no, fires there? Don't don't <laughs> love it. That's okay. But I don't love it. <laughs> and I guess to echo Richard's question, do they make the tires out in Goodyear? No. No. So, so I liked it on myself when I was a kid. No. I, I don't know why. Must be a must be a, a family um, they founded it name on a thing good or year of history. Yeah, hey. Or maybe it's the last name of the person <laughs> that, that founded the Goodyear Tire Company as well. Who knows? Who knows? So, Gavin, what is your uh, your day job besides iRacing? racing? Uh, even though you could make that your day job, hopefully one day. Um, That'd be nice. Yeah. I mean, if anyone has the talent to do so, I, I think we can all agree that it is you. Um, yes, sir. Just got to put that time in, to, man. Yeah, I got to buy the time, really. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That's a difficult thing to do, but you are oh, still yeah. young, so you you have the chances. Um, and you have support from, from your peers. But uh, what, what is your that. current day job? Um, well... For you folks who are watching, uh, just south of the BRB Racing logo, I work at Sundance Pizza, one of our biggest sponsors. Um, I work there up in the weekends. Not really the weekends, really, but uh, I work Wednesday through through Friday. I, I stay up there with my grandparents, save, save some gas, thanks to gas prices nowadays, inflation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a, a quick early day on, on Monday. But uh, yeah. Are you the pizza. one manning that grill? What? <laughs> Are you the one manning the grill? Delivery oh, actually, driver. I've, I've, I've been working the grill lately. I used to. I really was only doing pizzas up in the up in the front lately. But I've been I've been doing the grill lately. And I've been uh, I've been enjoying it. Watch out! Any uh, recent complaints from uh, from your grill work? <laughs> no, other than my own complaints about myself, I always I always get hard on myself, but. Just, just gotta do better. The best critic is yourself, so mm-hmm. that's a good way to think about it. Um, so we'll move on to who is your favorite NASCAR driver? Another great driver. I already know it is. Probably a wrong answer. Very great driver, Joey Logano. Joey yeah, Logano. Wrong answer. And it's funny because <laughs> I really have no idea or like when exactly. I know it was like it was right after the 2014 championship race. Because I went to my first race in the fall Phoenix race of 2014, and I got hooked. Then and there, I was going for the M&M's car, and he was not there. <laughs> he was uh, in a what was the pedigree car, I think, mm-hmm. Some, something like that. And I, I was like, mm-hmm. ain't no way. So I was trying to, I couldn't, cars were going by so fast, I couldn't see the sponsor. So I was like, that four car, I'm going to go for that one because I thought it was Coca-Cola. But we all know what that was. And uh, I was like, dang it. And my, my grandparents told me to go for Logano because he was a Ford. We we all grew up a Ford family. So I just, I can't really remember when it was or how. I just decided to go with him. I didn't even know he won the Daytona 500 either. Like till way later in the 2015 season. <laughs> but um, I just I I chose him. I stuck with him, and I'm I'm as proud as I could be about it. Well, I mean, it also I guess makes it even better that uh, for those that don't know, the Penske um, Hall of Fame, I believe it is, is is located outside of Phoenix and Scottsdale. Yep. 
Um, so now that he's with Penske, it, it makes it even more, uh, I guess, home to you uh, that yeah. Logano is your favorite. So it all comes full circle that way. But Absolutely. Not everyone has their opinion on, on Logano, but he's your favorite driver, not ours. So Two right. times. <laughs> Two times. Two times champ. <laughs> But, Ooh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. 22. I was there. I was there to see him win his uh, second championship, and that was the greatest NASCAR moment of my life, for sure. Highlight. I mean, you're you're lucky to have that moment uh, as young as you are, and it's only hopefully there's only more moments for you. I hope it's not Logano that has those moments for you. Uh, <laughs> Alfredo. Uh, hey. If, if Pasta man. This, guy's, this, guy's, this guy's working his way up. I can get behind him. Um, yeah, I, I like Pasta Man. I love Anthony. Huge yeah. iRacing guy. He's awesome, and uh, he deserves him having dude wipes as a sponsor is, is even better. He, oh yeah, he definitely and the way deserves... he promotes it is awesome. He has the sponsorship backing. He, I feel like I just don't understand why he doesn't get the rides because he's done so good in multiple different types of cars and and series. He's raced in all three series. He did full time in Cup with FRM. But that was like during the the COVID times too, so it was it was really you couldn't really kind of. It doesn't count essentially. Like yeah, it's just a filler. Yeah, yeah. Like and and Xfinity they put them in a oh, what was the team BJ McLeod last year, mm-hmm. and that team was high thirty, maybe forty place car and then points, and he got in the top twenty. So just yeah. that alone should be able to prove that he really does deserve a good ride and he did part-time with rcr and xfinity and he was consistently like top five top ten easily mm-hmm. racing against some of the best current cup stars and i can only so. hope that he gets that better ride that he deserves sooner rather than later um because he is one of those those rare talents i feel mm-hmm. but uh Absolutely. get into uh so we're here for i racing we all know each other because of i racing um, how did you get into iRacing or how and when did you get into iRacing? Funny story. Cause I believe, I, th- I believe from the last podcast, Adam had a pretty similar story. It mm-hmm. happened during COVID. Mm-hmm. I, that, I just got my job. I, I, I had some money. I was like, you know what? I really want to try this iRacing stuff. Cause I was doing, um, what's it called? Those heat NASCAR heat games. Oh, I think yeah. heat four and five. I was starting Absolutely. to get good at that stuff. Terrible. Oh, absolutely terrible. <laughs> but I enjoyed it when I was when I was younger, and I was like, I, I see NASCAR promoting this the, these iRacing Pro Invitational races. I'm like, this looks like a lot of fun, and I was like, I have to try that out. So I, I got some equipment. I got a desk. I yeah, I got a desk set up with a Logitech G29 wheel, and that really is where it, where it kicked off. Good starter wheel. I feel oh like yeah! Almost everyone. I think it's the best starter wheel. That wheel. <laughs> it feels like unless you get a, a hand me down or something at a local like Goodwill or something. Like yeah. That. A Rustmaster 150. Yeah. I think that was my first wheel. Or Logitech path, um, mm-hmm. and then just go from there. And and now that we we, we see a little bit of your setup um, as it is now, you have the full track. Oh man. Rig and. Uh, the Magic Ultimate. Yeah. This thing's awesome, dude. I love it. Insert sponsor plug here. But most not, importantly, not the butt kicker. <laughs> <laughs> no, you bring up a good point. Those butt kickers are uh, are truly. It's huge. Else. It really is awesome. Mm-hmm. If you can't afford a five ten thousand dollar motion rig, this is the perfect. Mm-hmm. Thing oh, I to mean, choose from. 
not, not, to, not to interrupt there, Gavin, but uh, when we were practicing for Coda, I think it was Monday night, I had a butt kicker, and it started, it stopped working on me. It was freaking out. It would fade in, fade out, and it was driving me nuts, and it was just totally throwing me off. So, yeah, definitely um, butt kicker. If I don't have that butt kicker, it totally feels different for me. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a whole it's feel huge. thing. When you have it for a long time, mm-hmm. um, you're just so used to the, the yeah, you vibrations. Yeah, you can't and go back. No, you really can't. It makes it impossible. It gives you that extra mm-hmm. sense um, on the track, and it's mm-hmm. really nice. Since I'm the only one sitting here without a butt kicker. Hey, we'll, we'll, I, we'll work <laughs> with our friends at Butt Kicker and uh, try to help you out there. But, uh, <laughs> so, Gavin, uh, going on to the iRacing uh, topic you two need to, be, need to be put away from each other i don't know if i'm gonna have to put you on Wait, separate screens yeah. next podcast no, I guess it's not working out we're, we're like the people anymore. in class you know you got to put us in different corners of the classroom so we don't disrupt yeah. the class that's called add it's kind of i have to be the teacher right now yet i'm younger than both of y'all but... you know age is just a number I, I, I doubt hey that. hey Hey, I'm older physically. I can't. I can't justify mentally though. <laughs> oh, see, see, see. I feel like that's the best way to grow up. I wish you could see the look. We'll you never grow up. Guys, we never grow up. <laughs> Until your wife. We gets. get older. The the difference between men and boys is the price of their toys. That's what I've always heard, and so far, even as the wife, um, it's true. No, the difference between <laughs> boys and men. I can drink adult beverages. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Which probably makes it worse and make you act like more of a child. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> but continuing on uh, the iRacing topic, Gavin, <laughs> what, what, is, uh, what are your favorite and least favorite tracks in iRacing uh, to race the mm-hmm. cup cars on specifically? I'd have to go for my favorite right off the bat. I would say for ovals... Probably Darlington. I know I sound biased, but I love Phoenix. This, this, the yeah, difference yeah. in corners, and it's it's the same with Darlington. They're two very different corners on both ends of the track, and with the dog leg, it makes it very fun. I like. I always love short track racing, but those are two that definitely stand out for me. Um, and for road courses, I love circuit. I'm not circuit. I love Coda, but I'd have to go with Chicago Street Course. When we did that, that was. That was the most fun I've probably ever had on iRacing, racing, yeah, for sure. The lights out there. As well, I like I love that. Uh, I would have said cool. Watkins Glen a, a couple years ago, but yeah, I've oh, had but so many ups and downs there. I'm, I've I've been sick of that place, man. You, you know, Gavin, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be with you. When I heard that they released Gavin or uh, Chicago uh, Chicago Street Course, I was really hesitant. But when we raced it last season, it I think that was our season awesome. opener. Yeah. That was so much fun. That track is just I so much it. fun to race on. And I, I the really IRL helped. race was awesome. Oh yeah, it was great. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm I, really looking. The rain had more. a little bit to help with it, but mm-hmm. still, such a good race. Once we get that rain update and I racing, we'll uh, we'll try to create that magic. Hey, that, that was has awesome. to be a season two edition. Chicago Street Course and Rain. I feel like that would be perfect. Un- yeah. Unannounced, but who knows? Maybe <laughs> the big question will be on that though. And how we're kind of you know detouring a little, but like. What's going to come first in the cup cars then? Are they going to add rain tires to the cup cars? Or are we going to get dirt tires for the cup yeah. cars? Give me they, the rain tires first. You know what? As as a prefix to the rain, they could add 
PJ5 or the Silly Goop or whatever they call it anymore, I think that would be a good kind of in-between to experiment with the rain, the, the, the adjustment in traction. Oh, goodness. I hope they don't. <laughs> that just <laughs> awesome. I, that'll make Texas Motor Speedway and iRacing even worse than it is. Oh, goodness. Um, so you 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 gave us your favorites. What is your least favorite? Oh man, this is tough. There, there's got to be that one track. <laughs> there's. Mm, what do we have on the schedule? I wonder if there's anything that stands out. I know Bristol. I've had yeah. some bad luck at Bristol, and I, I, I will say I just don't like the flow of Bristol. I just, I mean, it gets me dizzy, but just I hate how tight it is, and I just, I don't know. I like to have an open, just be able to race hard, and Bristol's just not it for me. Homestead, I haven't really done many Homestead races, but I can't say Homestead until I do it, but I definitely Bristol. Bristol would have to stand out. Is, is the only one that really stands out for sure. Well, that's a that's a fair point. I know you've had your your run-ins with uh, certain rivals there, uh, not not just this season, but in, in seasons past, and it it doesn't allow you the uh, the freedom that you typically have at most other tracks um, where you have success. But so behind your car number being seventy-seven, is is there a reason um, or reasons that you have seventy-seven? Not really. There's there's no real backing background to it. I it was just something in karting. Really, I was. I think I was originally seventeen, and you guys remember that from season one in Wicked. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I would have. I think I would have chose. No, I think I chose seventy seven the next season, so Mason could have seventeen. I think I just I stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Or no, no, I, I switched to seventy seven in karting because I think someone else had seventeen in that. And I, I just for some reason dislike the flow of it. And I don't know, that's really the only reason I'm I'm running it. It's like a pivot real... to you you talking about seventeen. Is there a reason seventeen, I guess, is your primary? Not really. I just no. like the way it I just feel like the way it looks, sounds, I guess. I don't I don't know. There's no real good answer to it. It's just Nothing random. Like just a big Matt Kenseth fan. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not after New Hampshire that year. Oh, that's the guy. perfect Bacon time to like it. Sure. <laughs> uh, sorry, you're probably too young to even remember Matt Kenseth in the 17. Sorry, you only know him as the 20. Or that's the, true. Or the 40, that's true. Two forty, whatever he ran it. He did win the championship, I believe, in 2005, the year I was born. So in the 17. Uh, so. Sorry. Oh am I God. am I wrong? Say that again. Or no. Wait, wait, wait. Did he just he won. He was born in 2005? Yeah, yeah, I don't say that again, please. <laughs> I think story, he won in 2005. One of won. I thought he won. Three. Ah. Somewhat close. So yeah. Um <laughs> Hey, now I feel really old. So you've never seen Matt Kenseth win a championship. Um but hey. Thank God. Oh. <laughs> But uh, that would have been fine back then, since he was in a Ford. But he wasn't a Ford, but he was wasn't there to experience it. I guess, in my opinion, he was like one of the most boring drivers at the time. But that's that's not the debate here. He's like run after whoever that was in the uh, at the haulers at the end of one of those races. Say that. (laughs) Oh, Brad, right? 
I think was it Brad Kozlowski that he ran yeah. his fighting in the no, in the... Yeah. no, I thought it was Joe Logano. No, it was Brad. Was it Brad? Okay, is that the Charlotte race? The I think it the, was. Like, it was a night race. I know that. Road. Yes. Yeah. Oof, man, that, that takes. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, was, right. Because I just saw a video of it. It was Brad Kozlowski. He mm -hmm. just ran to him in the in the hollers and just started fighting. Like the both teams yeah, were man. like trying to get him each other off off each other there at the man, middle Brad's, of the trailers. Brad's gotten beat up in the in the Cup Series, man. What was the other one? He got his head pulled back by Gordon or Harvick. It was at Texas, I believe, right? Uh, it was Gordon. Yeah, because I remember yeah. being at that race, and uh, it killed poor Gordon, Brad. Killed Gordon's uh, championship hopes. <laughs> but, uh, Wait, was it? Brad. Was that when Harvick came up and pushed him into Gordon? Yeah, yeah. Like I think they that were is. arguing, and he was out of reach. Mm. And then Harvick yep. came up behind him and gave him a little shove, and then Gordon grabbed him and pulled him. Yeah, that's right. Might as well have been like if there wasn't so many like people around them. Oh, oh they just let I can't believe Harvick did that. Man. Like I was just like, what? That's Harvick. Harvick's got a lot of emotion. Harvick's the antagonist. He really, he's a very emotional guy. But he had no dog in the when fight. He racing. just did it to antagonize. Like, that's the oh, only yeah. thing he did. Hey, oh, yeah. It was that. great. But uh, we'll, we'll move on to our last question here for you, Gavin. Um, not iRacing related, not NASCAR related, just a general curiosity question. Um, I asked okay. it to Adam last week, and whoever is our guest is always going to have this question. I just really like this question. So, so you're on a long road trip, and you stop at a gas station. What drink and what snack are your go-to that you're grabbing? Oh, you know what? Adam actually chose something. I I think I oh, ate them all already. No. But those okay. sweet tart ropes are so good. That's fair. <laughs> I respect that. Those are, those are my favorite movie theater snack. And um, I like dark chocolate. A lot. Dark chocolate's good, but for a snack, I don't. I'm not much of a sweet person. That's just a candy I would probably choose. Um, I like uh, you know those barbecue baked lays. Those are the best lays. I am obsessed with those. Yes. My grandparents got me hooked with those. I believe, and I just, I love those, dude. Oh, but for yeah, a drink, I've got a, I've got a recommendation go for you for some uh, baked. They're actually kettle chips, but they're like a smokehouse. They're the Miss Vicky Smokehouse Barbecue kettle chips, and they are better than the Lay's baked barbecue. I haven't got myself in the kettle chips too much. I don't good. know why. Maybe not better. They're okay. I wouldn't. That opinion. They're a good option. They're a good <laughs> replacement if I don't have the baked Lay's. Aren't those like very hard? Like they're almost like stale. They're crispier. No, they're not stale. They're not stale uh, at all. I like the crispy, I like the crunchy. They are they're way crispier hard. than her. Mm -hmm. yeah. But uh, all right, so, all right, all right your drink. <laughs> so, 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 Kevin, um, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of uh, veer off here a little bit. Um, I have watched you uh, win just about in any other discipline and everything else. I want to ask you, what was your first league win? Oh man, none of you guys were here for it, but um, it was a little league that I joined called Full Pedal Jacket, and it was my second league race. I believe it was, it was Coffee was in there, Mason was in there, and I'm trying to TJ, not TJ, John Curtis was in there. Mm -hmm. um, and I won a race at Chicagoland and a Joey Logano Pennzoil paint scheme with 77 on it. Um, 
Yeah, that was I. I joined that like halfway through the season. I didn't dominate that race at all by any means. They, I was part third most of the race, and it just came to a, a better strategy call, more more so luck. But um, man, that one that was a, such an exciting win because I didn't think I had it in me to really win much, and that that's really where it kicked off. And that was in the Gen Six car too. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. You know, totally no, misdirect the whole thing. But I was. I've I always been it. curious. Yeah, but to get back. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but to get back to the drink. Oof. I like sweet tea. I love sweet tea. Specific brand. I wouldn't. Uh, Arizona. Oh. Greenleaf? I love Arizona. The I love Arizona green tea a lot. Arizona green tea and sweet tea is good. I like the Arnold Arnold Palmer. Mm-hmm. That one's great. I also love lemonade. But yeah, I'd probably have to go with sweet tea. I'm more. I really like. Have you guys ever had raisin canes sweet tea? I mean, if you haven't, I mean, are you even American? Oh man, drink sweet tea. I'm Colorado. I think there's a difference. I live in the south and don't like sweet tea. Yeah, that Richard. I, you're an alien. That's what that is. You're banished. Like, I used to live in North I've, Carolina, so that's probably where it kicked off. I grew up in Indiana, so. Uh, I, I guess oh, that okay, sense. that explains it. It is funny sometimes talking to uh, some Northerners that aren't familiar with sweet tea. Of you, you put sugar in cold tea, but uh, well, <laughs> believe it or not, in Indiana, sweet tea is a thing. They just call it iced tea. There's no such thing as an unsweetened tea. I think in Indiana. Oh, now, wild. I will say that it's not diabetes causing like it is down here in the south. <laughs> 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 oh, but oh, uh, I just I've I've never enjoyed the taste of tea. Man, I, that's my coworker. He doesn't. He he gets disgusted by it. He smells it. and He just gags to it. I'm like, it makes no sense to me. I I can't stand the smell of it either. It's it's a very it's very subtle. Hey, I agree. I can't stand the smell of tea either. But my wife, she can't stand the smell of coffee. Hmm. That's another interesting one. But I'm I guess it comes from the same way. But I mean, going except back to your... smell of coffee in like a coffee shop when it's like cold. That's just it gets you kind of nauseous. I like warm hot coffee in the morning at home. The smell of that is is nice. I mean, yeah, I can never think of a setting where coffee smells bad to me personally, but. Again, that's my. It's like a Starbucks. But uh, back to Richard's point about the sugar, the ungodly amount of sugar. Uh, when I was in high school, I used to work at uh, Chick Fil A. I was a manager there. And, that's uh, also great sweet tea. The amount of sugar that was dumped into that five-gallon bucket of uh, tea that we made each batch would w- would make you sick. But um, it, it sure was good. I did have sweet tea in North Carolina at a Chick Fil A, and it was a lot sweeter than it was out here. Right. Little tip: If it's too sweet, do half and half, unsweet yeah. and sweet tea. Uh, yeah, that's a good tip. Um, or an Arnold Palmer, you know, put some lemonade in there, and it's great. Yeah, and especially if you're at Chick Fil A, you can get that diet lemonade with the Splenda instead of sugar. Yep, so, yep, uh, yep. It's a good way to cut it. But this this is not a uh, a diet channel by any means. <laughs> so, we're, we're not going to give you uh, how to eat what you want. We don't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't don't, 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 don't look to us for dietary uh, hints at all. Definitely this is terrible advice. I mean, I mean to start to off, Bell. I was drinking. 
I was drinking coffee. Now I'm drinking a Coke. And Borbell was eating pizza. I'm now we're talking about Pepsi. We're definitely yeah. not a dietary. I'm a Coke person. <laughs> I'm drinking Pepsi. So it's what we have at Sunance. Right. There you go. Between Coke and Pepsi, but we'll uh, move on. Just here. if you like Pepsi, you're wrong. <laughs> Before we get way off the rails here with the Coke and Pepsi <laughs> debate, I don't know what's going on. Oh no, on. that's almost as bad as. Pineapple and pizza. Oh, no. we started oh with. man! <laughs> I just I don't know. Carl eats pineapple so wrong. pizza, and he is just nom nom nom. He, he has been voted off the island. That's um, <laughs> uh, okay. You fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Have you guys seen that one meme? I see, I saw a meme about someone getting a pizza and they got a note with like a five dollar bill, and the person said they couldn't bear to put pineapple on their pizza. So oh, that, would, it on oh your own. that was the best thing. That would hurt yeah, my heart so, so bad. Here's like, five dollars. So go buy your own pineapple. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Where to put it on your pizza? I mean, uh, I hate I, on you for it, Carl, but it's just. I wouldn't yeah. be mad if that happened to me. I'd be. I would have just laughed and probably like, okay, fine. <laughs> you know, you know, pepperoni, bacon, legit bacon, not Canadian bacon, and some pineapple. Or, oh, you get. You guys don't you know what you're missing. Bacon. Uh, you know, we're missing it. It's fine. <laughs> we, we only want freedom bacon. We don't want the Canadian bacon here. We got uh, both. Yeehaw! So, before we get into another food debate, for for whatever reason of we've become a food podcast, I guess. But uh, maybe chocolate or vanilla. No. <laughs> what about freezer? Oh, no, uh, no, no! Don't do it! No, no. Don't do it! So, We're not doing that on the podcast. <laughs> we'll get into our, uh, oh, no. our NASCAR Hello. segment here, our NASCAR news for the week, <laughs> and various <laughs> other news for the week. Um, just a reminder, uh, this episode of the Holler Podcast will be found on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcast uh, tomorrow. So every Friday, our uh, podcast will release on those two uh, platforms. And for up-to-date news and information on the Butt Kicker Cup series, please be sure to like our page on Facebook and visit www.brbracingleague.com. Um, you can also see that if you're watching uh, on Facebook or TikTok right now, um, those links are available. But we will get into some NASCAR news uh, for now. Uh, I'd like to start... And this is going to be difficult for uh, some of our audio listeners um, on Spotify and, and uh, what's the other one? Apple Podcasts. Sorry, I always forget about that Podcast. one. Spotify, <laughs> is the, Spotify is the better version, in my opinion. But <laughs> it's going to be tough for them. Um, but I do recommend um, you visiting the uh, Daily Downforce website if you're not familiar with it. Uh, I believe it was started by... Um, some of the NASCAR weekly podcast guys, uh, Eric Step and uh, the Iceberg and all of them. Um, it's a great site for NASCAR news. And uh, they have a section right now where they have um, put together all of the NASCAR paint schemes for the upcoming season that have been unveiled. And I just wanted to go through some of them with you guys and, and get y'all's, I, I guess we can do it as a, uh, a letter grade rating so we can give A, B, C, D, uh, or F. Uh, we'll go pretty, like pretty lightning round pretty quick. Um, cause there, there are a handful I want to get through. So I guess first we'll start off with, so we have Ross, Ch uh, Ross Chastain's moose fraternity, um, pretty sure scheme. And, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go with Gavin first and then we'll followed by Carl and Richard and we'll just go in that order. Isn't that the same one he had last season? Just like 
maybe a couple tweaks. Yeah, Either way, I still love Trackhouse. Is just oh, they're okay. on it with their paint schemes, man. Other than I know, I think who who doesn't like the jockey one? Isn't it you, Richard? Oh, that one's great. Uh, sorry, I just got back. Uh, oh, know, my internet. We're talking about paint schemes. Uh, are you talking about the American flag jockey that Trackhouse does? Mm-hmm. I think it is you a horrible, like horrible really? scheme. See, I, I don't, I don't hate I, it. It's I, as a merc as you can get. Exactly. But oh no, it, it, it is it what is, it is. It is just an American flag on a car. Like there's no creative design behind it at all. It's it is such a boring. Yeah, I get scheme. that. Breaking news. Like, From you being as a designer, I can see it. No, I'm not because I love Dale Earnhardt Senior's 1996 Olympic scheme oh, that he made. Another great one. That is a phenomenal yeah. American flag scheme. The Trackhouse one is lazy, in my opinion. It is just so lazy. It is just but, boring. There's nothing exciting about it. Well, I don't know if you can blame Trackhouse. For I guess that. from aside from that, all their other ones are on the spot. Like they're they're great. It's their oh, yeah. throwback. Was it, like they had the Coca Cola throwbacks last year? Yes. Yeah, I love the Chrome numbers. I, I love them so much. So if you had to give this letter grade, what would you give it? Ooh, I hate to. So it's A through whatever. A, B, C, D, or F. Okay. I'd give it. I'd give it an A. I don't know. Oh. I, it's, it's it's my it's my colorway. It's I like the flow of it. I might give too many A's to be honest. Don't don't <laughs> listen to me. But I love the chrome number. Yep, chrome number. You know, it's it's yeah. Carl, what do you I think, think that's fair. You know, I, I right now it's the C. It's average. Uh, they've seen. I've seen this before. I, I get it. It's a recurring sponsor, which we absolutely love in this sport. But come on, mix it up. Give me something I really want to look at. That's I'm going to give it an average. That's the Marsville paint scheme. It's, it's similar. Yeah. I have that card for the most part. So, exactly. Well, but the Marsville paint scheme is special because of the hell melon. All right, uh-huh. give me those. Give me those rub wall rubs on the outside. And I'm I'm in it. But you know what? I, again, we've seen it before, and now it's outlawed by NASCAR. So I'm going to give it a C. Yeah. Okay. Maybe one day they'll uh, they'll have that hail melon as an actual scheme for him to run. Uh, maybe maybe oh, in his last hilarious. season. That would, that, I feel like that would be a good activation for them. I'll bring mine down to a B just to be safe. <laughs> and Richard, what do, you, what do you think on a letter grade on this one, real quick? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say B. I can't say it is like a shockingly awesome paint scheme. It is. It's his general paint scheme, which I know a lot of people they don't they don't care about the you know the general paint schemes. I like basic schemes because you can make them look good. I run very basic schemes on the ser- on the service you know in the leagues and whatnot. But like it's the color codes. It's how you you know you change the color in the spec maps and make them look good. I I will say this is a B. I like the sharp lines. It is. It is the all hail Chastain scheme that you see majority of the time. So, um, I I love Trackhouse's numbers. I don't For I sure. think those things are freaking sharp. Like, um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to say but probably yeah. a B. This is gonna be a B scheme for me. That's fair, and I think I'll also agree with the B. Uh, it is missing something to put in A, but it is a very solid um, B for Carl. Solid design. <laughs> the uh, the Chrome number really adds <laughs> to it for me. So. We'll move on to another Chastain. I absolutely love this scheme. Uh, so they got Anheuser-Busch over at uh, Trackhouse this year, and this is their version, or a leaked version, I guess, of their uh, their Bush light scheme. So Gavin... I want to hear what you guys have to have on this first, because I'm, I'm very iffy about I, it. I feel like 
it's almost a copycat of Harvick's for the most part. It is. But I mean, they're they're going off the can, so it's. But I am a I huge guess the smartest fan way to go about it too. So colors, I guess, and the predominant white. I really like white race cars, even though. Some See, I wish black. they added the chrome number. I agree. That would be. That would have been. Touch. That would have given it maybe an A, but probably a B. But I don't know. I'm. If if I could give a, a B minus, that's probably what I would give it. And I think that's very fair. The mountains on the front look very nice. The mountains on the side look very solid. The blue it's very color classy. Is very good. It, it's nothing too crazy, but it's very solid. So yeah, I would it's say, not again, bad. another B. Maybe the moose one's slightly ahead, but this color combo is just really good for me. Carl, what are you thinking? You know, I'm gonna actually give this one a B because I like the I like the blue on white. I like the use of the negative space. Yeah, it doesn't have the chrome number, but since NASCAR has allowed chrome numbers back in the last couple of years, uh, there are some paint schemes that might have been overused on it. Um, I actually really like this uh, Bush Lights blue on white scheme. It is very solid, and. Uh, we can see on the top, you can probably barely see it, but the I will say the roof number is that uh, bush light blue, which is a nice little touch to it. But uh, like Richard, that. what are you thinking? I I do like the color scheme. Um, I like the color choices or whatnot. I am not a fan of those kind of schemes because, like I said, I'm a very basic, generic style like enjoyer. So... Though it's good, I think it's great for the sponsor. I think it's great for the car. To me, personally, I think it's a C. Oh, really? Okay. Hey. I mean, I'm not offended by it, but uh, I can see yeah, you where are. you're coming from. <laughs> I, I am not I'm not sold on this scheme. Like, it's not my top scheme that I've seen so far um, this season. But, hey, you're entitled to your opinion. Uh, we'll pass mm. by Josh yeah. Berry's. We don't need to look at it. That Mustang, I'm not worried dude. about it. Um, here's here's one I want to talk about. So before us, we have uh, the Valvoline schemes for Hendrick. Um, so that being Kyle Larson and William Byron. Uh, I guess we'll start with. Actually, we'll just talk about both at the same time. Uh, Richard, you want to start us on this one? I'll start it. Like, um, I don't, I don't care for Larsons. But I think they did a really good job on Byron's. Um, I really enjoy the the two tone that they have on the nose there. It kind of reminds me more of like Mark Martin back in the day, mm-hmm. um, how they would uh, separate the red and the blue on the sides. Um, so I think they did a really good job on Byron's. I really like it. I'm gonna have to give probably an A to Byron's and maybe a B to Larson's. Um, I will say though, I think some of the best Valverlin schemes I've seen is that. Uh, I mean, Junior raced it before. It's the throwback Valvoline scheme that it used yep. to do. Um, and I think those are some of the best Valvoline schemes that they've ever made. But yeah, I'll give Byron an A and Larson. I mean, I don't hate it, but I don't. I, don't, I think it's still a decent scheme. So I'd, I'd have to say B for Larson, A for Byron. That's really funny that you say that because I mean, I look at the Byron scheme and I am just repulsed um, immediately <laughs> for for some reason. That gray, I, I usually love that color, but. I feel like it doesn't. The white number, it just. Yeah, it, it's so weird. Um, I feel like I have to give Byron a C, and I think that's going to be a theme for a lot of Byron schemes this year. Unfortunately, <laughs> I usually like a lot of his stuff, 
Um, but yeah, that, that scheme is, is just misses. And then Larson's, it's got to be an A. I don't mind it. It's so cool. an A, really. I, I really like it. It's it like, is very clean. It's it's very simple. Like Richard seems to like bump, but um, behind the number like, and under the Valvoline, just gives it an extra like oomph to me and something mm. about it. I really enjoy it. See, I just I I can agree with you on the on the Byron paint scheme. I just don't like the gray with the white. I don't know if it's if it's Valvoline promoting one of their special motor oils or not, but. So it's just it's not for me. It's kind of out of whack for me at least. I don't. It's just not for me. I don't like the 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 split red and red red and blue front end. But but Larson's. I have to give Byron's a D, but Larson's probably a a, a B. I feel like he's he's had better, last year, last two years, but it's not bad. That's fair, Carl. You, you're grinning over there. You look like you're ready to uh, hate on one of these. Uh, well, you know, uh, Adam's going to hate me on this one, but I'm going <laughs> to hate on Kyle Larson, the five. It's plain. It's bland. It looks like almost every other Valvoline scheme he's run that they've run in RCR. So um, I'm going to give... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hendrick. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Wow. Right. You're right. Yeah. Hendrick. Chevy, Chevy, come on. I mean, let's... Yeah, but seriously. Yeah, who likes Chevy? <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. But, Just keep kicking yeah. me, why don't you? Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, Kyle Larson, this is the, the, the scheme we're used to seeing him running in. Um, so I'm going to give Kyle Larson a C. Uh, but I... <sighs> As much as I hate to do it, I'm going to have to agree with Richard on Will and Byron's. They did some different. I like the gray, the white number, the blue and black, three-tone, essentially. I really am kind of drawn to that. So I'm going to give Byron's a B, a B rating because I really like it. I, I think it's it's going to be fun to see on track, and it's going to stand out. Man, you... you... Yeah. You two limitless guys disgust me sometimes. I I, <laughs> I, I love y'all's paint schemes and eye racing, but something about y'all's taste right now is just not vibing with me. You mean my paint schemes? I put Carl's. Oh, no, seriously, no, hundred percent. Richard does all the paint that schemes. I don't know how he does it. So yeah, oh my it's hundred percent so on Richard. The that is a race car, RFK bro. Castro edge cars Man. are my man. They are my favorite paint schemes. Like. From RFK, uh, they have the best oh, yeah. teams in my book. Yes. Last year, um, what was it? For the, sure. The Paula Casinos paint scheme that... Uh... And their numbers are perfect for the next gen, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, those yes, numbers they are. are great. But um, and... I think of it. Um... And they do a really good job with being tasteful with the chrome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Tasteful. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And their, Man, their pillars work with every paint scheme so mm-hmm. well. I love those. The dark horse makes it look even meaner with the black. Uh, both cars are just so beautiful. In my I opinion. can't wait for when we have that in iRacing. Oh, oh, we no. suck to get them updated, oh but dude, they're gonna look so good. Yeah. And I feel like this is an easy A, um, A plus even. Yes. Same. Mm-hmm. I agree. Good deal. Yeah, uh, this is both RFK is A. A plus for uh, the seventeen. A for the six. Ah. <laughs> 17 brings <laughs> it a little, little extra notch. So it looks like here we have uh, a Kyle Busch global industrial um, scheme that will probably be run at 
I would I would assume the Coke 600 or some sort of USA themed race, uh, America themed. Are they doing Road America? Oh. Are they doing uh, Wisconsin? You know what? I don't think so. so. Maybe Iowa. Iowa is, is that what it's uh, taking over? Iowa's that'd be a great Iowa team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just looking at it, it's a it's a solid uh, America's it's team. Okay. I, I'd give it a B minus. Um, it, it's solid. Yeah, it, the stars are good. I'd like more white on a red, white, and blue paint mm-hmm. scheme like that. I feel like there's just too much red and and blue. It looks in the blue. It just looks kind of kinda like a toy car to me. I don't know. Like it's blue. The blue's not bad, but I mean it's it's not not like great, but still just I think it just needs a little bit more white. Yeah, something to split the 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 blue and the red. Yeah, it's I think it's a very solid scheme overall. Um, I mean I'd probably say B for it, but I mean the stars on the front look phenomenal with the blue, mm-hmm. how it goes over the roof. It's just that red if they just had a little and it's i understand you have the global industrial white there but it's just it's not enough you don't really get to see the full american flag look because you don't get the white stripes on the flag so you get like purplish pink it looks like trying to be white so um but like his number though is red white and blue which i thought is really cool and i'm not gonna lie i think kyle bush has the best number design in all the cup series right now i, I, I love more. that eight uh, it, it's right up there with the the rfk numbers of of how well they're designed and i think gavin and i can attest to also i we really like the 2311 numbers um just they're very solid looking they're good they're they're not that they're not the tier, best but they're good but i would put yeah. rfk and in, in rcrs or at least kyle bush's number uh in the same category for sure Carl, what are you thinking? You know, I, I, I think it's a B. And, yeah, I know it's, you know, it looks like red, white, and blue. But it's global industries. It's not just about America. It's about, you know, the globe, you know. It, it, it's it's 8 billion of us here on this little speck of dust in the infinite universe. But, you know, I, I actually think I like it. I But I am also biased. Blue is one of my favorite colors. And it just you can do so much with blue. Um, I, I like the red stripe, uh, the red quarter panels. That's really good. But that the... the the underneath, the skirt, the white—it's—I think it's very tasteful. The, you guys hit it on the head, though. The number to look great looks great, and so I, I would give this a solid B. That's fair. We'll move on. We'll do two more. So oh. <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> the uh, design is so weird. Napa 2024 scheme. I don't know what they were going for here. Maybe a take away that that yellow. That yes, Rip, that between the nine and Napa, that's so funky. I like, I really like his. Like, you know what would be nice? And in, in between the white, just put that yellow. Don't yeah. you think that would make it look a little bit better than what oh, it does right oh, now? Oh yeah, yeah that white Ooh, line that yes. kind of yeah. And instead yes. of the white Together. on the yeah. bottom, put mm-hmm. yellow with the white outline. It's a very or something like that. Striping sort of like. Mm-hmm. It's this. It's funky, but I will say for his class car, that is, I like his one that he's running for the class. It's just is it's the same thing, but. It's mostly white with with blue stripes. I'm pretty sure, right? Uh, have you guys seen, seen it? One. I have not. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, yeah, it might it might be on here. It might not. But that one, I actually. Oh yeah, it I, is. I, I really like. It's a few more scrolls down. You'll see it. See. 
Oh, we'll yeah, go I need. Go I should probably pull it up myself. What is it? It's called oh, Daily Downforce. A little Downforce. more. Little more. Guy pass. This is the right KBB there. One. Watch out! I'm gonna be oh, rolling white. The KBB. Oh, no, I won't. No. Oops. No, okay. Down. Um, this one. There it is. Ooh. Okay. Ugh. I really actually like that compared to at least. Uh, See, it's, I, I I like it. Game. Comparatively, uh, it's better. Yeah, but it's still definitely not a home run. Uh, I think I'd have to give his normal Napa scheme, the blue one, uh, C, I guess. Like, it's fine. It, it reminds me of his, his Napa scheme from when he came into Hendrick. Um, didn't particularly like it. Just, uh, it's, yeah. What I will is. say, I think Hendrick Motorsports has really been uh, lacking on the schemes of late. I really haven't been just, I don't know, awestruck by any of them. Yeah, and I mean, his his Kelly Blue Book one, I feel like, is always pretty solid. But, well, you got to think yeah. though, like Chase Elliott's a you know you know uh, racer of the year fan choose fan pick of the year over and over. Um, they have a lot of eyes on him, and they want to kind of keep it safe. And I get that, you know, big brands, Napa, KBB, stuff like that. But man, y- you got to release that creativity somewhere. And that 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 blue, I like blue. I just said it. I like blue. That's too blue. much blue. I wish That's they could have kept something like they had in the Xfinity series with him. I thought that yes. was very nice. The blue, the finish on the blue was nice. Just a little yes. bit of a yellow, and I, I feel like that was very clean. I don't know. And, and we don't know how much of like the sponsors really involved in the design. I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, I feel like they have the final say um, for what goes on the car. So who knows? Maybe it was a decision by Napa to go with the more blue look. Um to really promote their colors, couldn't tell you. But what what are uh, final grades on this one for you guys? Uh, a C. Yeah, C is fair. C. Like it has the potential, but it's just it's, it's not the right colorway. Yeah. Fair. I At Carl, least you put up a C as well. And Richard. Yeah, C as well. C as well. Uh, it, it's just lacking something. Yeah, it it is missing some character to it. Um, but we'll get to our last one. Let's see a different driver. Yeah. We should do a Yoder. Oh, okay. That, that, we I haven't seen a Yoda. Toyota. Let's, oh, there. Let's do... Oh, man. So we got the DeWalt... Uh, what's his name again? Oh, yeah. Christopher Bell. Sorry, I always forget his name. <laughs> what's his name again? <laughs> He's from Norman, Oklahoma. I should know him. But Christopher Bell bringing back the DeWalt scheme. Uh... I don't know how I feel about this one. Like, it's okay. Um, I like it. I really don't like it's how it plain. looks on this new Camry. For whatever reason, it, to me, does hmm. not look the best. Let's um, be fair. That Camry is going to be hard to make a scheme for anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that was the trend I saw, uh, like, going back to the, the, this one. Mm-hmm. It looks like if Tesla like, came up with a cup car. Yeah. Out of, like, some, like their Cybertruck. Kind of like... A little bit of the Supra from Xfinity front end, um, at least on this Ream scheme, it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They're they're fine. Like I, I really like. I, I feel like JGR kind of played it safe with the schemes. They didn't go crazy with them. They haven't done anything different. I mean, it's they're going they're going from New Year last year to New Year with the same scheme, a different. Body style. I I think they're just trying to play it safe right now with their sponsors because it's one of those. You have MTJ. You don't know what he's going to do at the end of the year. Uh, Kyle Busch left. You got um, 
Ty Gibbs coming in and uh, you have Christopher Bell. It's it's I think they're just playing it safe, which I can, you know, commend, but catch my eye. Give me something to look at. That's fair. You know, I I actually really like this scheme. And I like the 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 separations of the yellow from the black and then you have that looks it kind of looks like the blade on this the chrome or uh, gray there on the bottom mm-hmm. but what i find is really cool and it's something we haven't seen in cup for a very 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 long time i like all of those sponsors underneath the dewalt because it kind of gives a little nod back when we had all the contingency sponsors on those front fenders yeah mm. and i think it's just a really cool touch that, that's an interesting I, perspective on it. I like oh, I never thought of that, actually. Go to, go to his dream scheme. It's the complete opposite. Yeah, look at that. It's, it's, it's rough. Uh, I know if we had Nigel here, he would he would fight to the death for it. <laughs> but, uh, that's all <laughs> But any other last comments on this one? I'll, I'll do a quick scroll down I'd give it see a if beat. there's anything that catches your, your eye. One that I looked down was Alfredo's Dude Wipes. That, that one's nice. I love that one. Ugh. Terrible. I will say, I think one of my favorite schemes that I've seen on the track, though, is Ross Chastain's Worldwide Express, that black and blue. I love that black and blue Worldwide Express. Oh, man. Uh, and Martin Truex Jr. Auto Traders, uh, Moody Blue, they call it. I love that one, too. I don't know about that one. <laughs> Here's your dude wipe scheme, Gavin. You know, that's a good one. I like it. Very simple. It it reminds me of a scheme that Richard would really enjoy. Yes. (laughs) Sort of. I love the number on that. That is a good font. That is a good number font. The the teal is just such a great color. And then the little bit of like hexagonal carbon fiber. Look at all those sponsors. Well, that's just on the Xfinity cars in general. Yes, if you actually go to the service, really? it actually has that on that pillar. Huh, I never knew that. I don't know, it's a good look. Oh, yeah. that Yeah. But we'll wrap that part up. Um, we got through a good amount of uh, schemes covered, so that's Some good. decent paint schemes. Um, so, yeah, if you are listening on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts when this is released, I do recommend going to the Daily Downforce and taking a look at their... Uh, their paint schemes that they have released for the NASCAR season so far. They're, they're, they're a good look. But um, we'll move on to uh, the Clash at the Coliseum. So the format for this season's Bushlight Clash, which is, I think we're two and a half weeks out at this point, uh, February 3rd and 4th. Um, they did change the, the format around a little bit. Uh, just a quick rundown. So with the format, there will be a practice slash qualifying session on February 3rd. And the uh, the lap times will determine the starting order for the heat races. Seems pretty standard. Um, there are four heat races. They're 25 laps apiece, and they will take place after the practice and qualifying session um, on February 3rd. And the top five in each of those heat races will qualify for the main event automatically. Um, a point to note is the main event will take place on the 4th, which will be a separate day um, than the heat races. Uh, so that is a, a pretty big change. Um, and then on February 4th, there will be a last chance qualifier that uh, will have the drivers that didn't qualify from the heat races um, compete for a 75-lap race where the top two from that race will make the main event. 
and then one final spot will be available for the uh, driver who finished highest in the point standings at the end of last season and did not qualify during the heat races or the last chance qualifier. So I just wanted to get y'all's take on that. If this format intrigues you, will you be tuning in? I was thinking about going, but (laughs) yeah, I just don't want to put up with the traffic and that Los Angeles area. I would want to go just because it looks like it's an event to watch. Like Mm -hmm. it'd be fun to be at watching on TV was kind of, it was okay. Um, I love the heat racing to qualify for a race. I mm-hmm. I grew up in dirt track racing, mm-hmm. and that's that's how dirt track racing was. You had your four heats, you had your qualifiers that you know your people that moved up instantly, and then you had your B main, which was the people that were like, "Hey, this is my last chance <laughs> to get into the feature." So, growing up in dirt track racing, I really love the heat feature mm-hmm. for an event like this, and it's it just makes it for a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Short spur, mm-hmm. quick run racing. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a good point. It, and it came up as news recently that um, NASCAR has limited uh, track access to just the February fourth. Um, Actually, they released a statement today with a overwhelming. Uh, fan response that they are actually allowing trike access for free even okay. for these heats. Yeah, and that was earlier today. Okay. So, yeah, I... um, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I agree with Richard here. I want to see rapid racing, especially with a track like the Coliseum. It's, it's like a really elongated paperclip. I want to see it. I want to see these cars on track. I want to see them bumping. I want to see them racing. Um, even if it is for the top spot to qualify, I want to see it. So I think what they did was a good move to have these uh, heats, especially as short as they are. Uh, it's a quarter mile track. So I think it's it's very important to get that in there and get the racing in. Definitely. And a good point to also note is that all of the races, the heat, the last chance qualifier and the main will all be, um, the laps will be counted under green only. Yellow mm-hmm. cl- yellow flag laps will not be counted and the race mm-hmm. must end under green. Um, Perfect. Which is I think a- it's a fantastic idea for mm-hmm. that kind of track. Exactly. Imagine yeah. a heat race with 25 laps and cautions counted. Like that would be, yeah. it would be awful. So mm-hmm. I, I think they made a good choice there. Um, and I guess to Take the dirt racing folks. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, NASCAR also announced, this has probably been pretty polarizing in the NASCAR community, but that Machine Gun Kelly will perform during the halftime, I guess if you want to call it, of the Clash uh, main event on February 4th. Uh, Richard, your your face is cringing over there, so it looks like you have something to say. I, I oh. don't mind some of Machine Gun Kelly's songs. I don't. I don't know if any of y'all see of recent... Him trying to do the cover of Disturbs Aerials? <laughs> Holy cow, was that horrible. Hold on, is it Disturbed or System of a Down? System of a Down, sorry. sorry Thank you, okay. <laughs> yeah, you would you would be that person. <laughs> yes, System of yes, a Down I Aerials. He, tried, he did a cover for System of the Down Aerials, and holy cow, please never, never try to do that again. So, but, uh, go ahead, Richard. I, I, but, I mean, I... Like we talked about, like we talked about last last episode, I know they're trying to bring in a younger crowd, trying to entice different viewership to basically keep the se- the the series alive. Because you know, old older people, yeah, we don't like that. I don't like that. I want to see you know 
rock I want to see. Country, that's what I want to see for a NASCAR race because that's, to me, that's what NASCAR is. Like, not this hip-hop stuff that they're trying to bring in. But is it good to uh, for the show? Yes. Is it good for the current NASCAR fans? No, they, they don't care to see that. <laughs> So my, my my opinion on this, I'm just going to interject and say, if I go to a race, I want to see race cars. If I want to go to a concert, I'll go to a concert. So, you, you know, if you're looking for a halftime show, I want to see 20, like, four-cylinder 1.6 Geo Storms or Honda Civics or something like that. Go, it, it won't matter to anyone, but that's entertaining. If I go I, to a racetrack, I, I want to see a race. I don't want to see a concert. And, and I get that. I'm going to have to stop you there, though, because, like, I go to – I've gone to a lot of Daytona races, and I really enjoy that pre-race concert. Yes, uh, me and Adam. Adam was talking about how good it was at Phoenix. It's just, it's something, especially with the name. Sorry to interject. But um, I think Machine Gun Kelly, I don't follow any of those kind of people. It's, just, it's not for me, but it's. I think it's the perfect move for NASCAR because it's a name that stands out. You see that? You don't even have to watch it. I mean, it just stands out. It'll it'll catch an eye. It's what they're looking for, mm-hmm. just, just to gain more audience, a different audience, the younger um the younger audience and um it's just it's the concerts i've always been a pretty popular thing for nascar lately i feel like um for the pre-race stuff but um i i, th- I think it's a great idea uh, and to bounce off that of what gavin was saying of it, it's a name that creates buzz um you don't mm-hmm. have to like him people will talk about him whether they hate him or they like him he is a very polarizing um individual mm-hmm. and personally I love his music. I love his pop punk music. I really do. Um, as a person, I don't. I care less for him, but I'm not going to endorse a lot of stuff that he, he does in his personal life. But again, it, it creates that buzz. It creates that talk. Um, and I'm going to enjoy the show regardless. I mean, his music's good to me. So it's just interesting uh, of seeing some people's reactions on that announcement when they can uh, expect country music or something but i guess to that point of a a true nascar fan that's going to the race isn't going to not go because it's not country music but machine gun kelly being there might entice maybe an influencer or someone Mm -hmm. someone from a different demographic um, Mm -hmm. to give it a try um and i don't know about y'all but i'm all for that so I, i believe it would be a good move or it was a good move but anything else on the clash y'all want to talk about y'all excited for it when it comes back, you know, to it's I'll be excited for it. it, it it's <laughs> cars on the track, and honestly, uh, I, I always look forward to racing season. It doesn't matter if it has four wheels and an engine, I want to see it. We have the roar before the 24 coming up this weekend, uh, the legitimate 24 coming up next weekend. We are a month away from the, the 500, the clashes. I mean, it's race season is beginning, ladies and gentlemen. Buckle in because it's going to be a wild season. It doesn't matter what uh discipline or what you watch it's gonna be fun and that's a that's uh, a good point go ahead gavin i was just curious what time like is that is the clash like a day race because if it's a night race i don't like that idea because this the track conditions for the racing side of things it was terrible because i was like you couldn't get the tires warmed up 
It was just a wreck fest. I feel like they need they need it to be a, a warmer track. I, I think it needs to be more of a more of a day race. Let's see. Well, and that's the thing yeah. about the Coliseum is they tear it out at the end they were and just... bring it in. It's 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 hard to determine day or night because it's not a legitimate surface they have to bring it in and haul it out every time a, a late afternoon if i had to guess i don't have confirmation on that um, now i think to preview that and i get i get what you're saying gavin they can't warm the tires up and it just looks like a wreck fest because you know cold tires on a short track like that's terrible but again the clash right now being at la coliseum is all for show and those cars look better on a track like that in a setting that is nighttime with the lights Mm-hmm. that's true it really puts but... it on the stage and i mean i'm i'm a huge fan of at least from a tv standpoint and even in person of watching races maybe not the actual product at night races but just from a spectacle it really takes it to the next level and uh, For sure. it just makes it feel more special yeah i will say i want phoenix the championship race to be a night race i that... agree more oh that would be a good one the 2015 race when it was rained out and they got a little bit of racing at night, it was it was perfect. I feel like I feel like the scenery was just especially with the new stuff and the front stretch, everything it's so bright and it just pops. If it was at night, like the Xfinity race, it just I feel like it brings so much excitement. No, definitely. And you watch the Cup race and it's just like meh. Because we could, I feel like the Xfinity championship races have been a lot better at Phoenix than they have mm-hmm. been at Homestead, but the Cup series, like something I feel like with the day and night, it's it's not as good as it was before. Yeah, it, it's like at Homestead. It's missing its uh, signature. Look. Well, it, it's Phoenix, Arizona. It may be fall, almost winter, but it's still going to get almost 100 degrees, 110 track temp. It's going to be slick. So it's mm-hmm. uh, exactly what you mean, Gavin. It it the Xfinity races at night has a little more grip. If they did that with the Cup Series, what? kind of product could we have for a championship race and i definitely back that opinion we'll we'll move on to our next nascar subject carl brought up the daytona 500 is exactly one month away um february 18th uh, is the 500 so it seems like a good time to get into the uh the betting odds came out for the daytona 500 recently i know we're not a betting podcast and we're not necessarily endorsing (laughs) betting um but it is something to be interested about. And I want to get y'all's thoughts on, on some of these odds that came out, not necessarily who your, your pick is to win the 500. Um, mm-hmm. but looking at some of these odds of if you would consider, um, that to be a good bet or not, or what it could be. And again, mm-hmm. as a disclaimer, this is not betting advice. and We do not <laughs> advise taking our advice for your own bets. So please bet responsibly. So, at the beginning here, we have... Not sponsored by MGM. No, not a sponsor. <laughs> don't endorse it. Play at your own risk if it is legal. I cannot stress that enough. Um, so Zane Smith opens at 100 to 1 odds. I feel like that's pretty fair. Uh, yeah. Nothing too remarkable. Harrison Burton, 80 to 1. Again, another fair one. This, to me, is where it got interesting. So we have Corey LaJoy. We all know him for at least his super speedway racing. Yeah. He opens up at 65 to one odds. I, who, what, you go up the list and there's just so many other big names though too. So it's just, 
Nah. What manufacturer is Gamebridge running with? Is it Chevy? Chevy? Chevy. Okay. Okay. So, you know, obviously bringing in it's Daytona. Odds, you know, depending on how it goes. Um, the only thing I can say about this is bringing in personal experience in terms of the iRacing. You know, obviously we're all iRacers. Is it, it can be anyone's game. Um, and with that, on top of that, let's say we, we ran Daytona early, our first race this season for BRB Cup Series. And Daytona is one of those races where anyone feels like they have a chance but if you don't have a chance, you want to get as many points as you can to help cushion. I mean, look at Bill Hills. He finished in the, what, the top uh, podium, right? Or a top five. I think he finished second. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. He, he hasn't raced these past, I think I'd you know. I third. Yeah, he hasn't raced these past three or four uh, races for medical issues, but he's still in that top ten. Mm-hmm. And we just finished our sixth race. So, it depends on the situation you're in. It's all situational, so it's going to be very tough. Uh, Corley Joy, though, is one of those underdogs who I think could possibly take that because Gamebridge has a lot of backing. They're obviously an IndyCar, uh, which, thank God, has come back to do iRacing. They signed that deal. We, we brought that up a couple weeks ago. Uh, but this this could be one of those picks that uh, you, you you put your money on him, you could come out a little bit richer. I mean, with those odds, like we'll, we'll get further down the list and you'll, you'll be able to compare some odds, um, to 65 to one, but for 65 to one for a super speedway driver like that, uh, I'd feel pretty confident with, but we'll keep it going. We got Todd Gillen also 65 to one. So I guess just comparing the both of them, like, I don't know how y'all feel, but I feel like LaJoy would be a home run over Gilliland. Yeah. Gillen just hasn't so much. Exactly. But it is super speedway. Anything can happen. Uh, Daniel Hemrick opens at 55 to 1. Justin Haley opens at 55 to 1. And Justin Haley, if I'm correct, he moved to Rick Ware. Mm hmm. Yep. So no longer a uh, a teammate of uh, Corey LaJoy. So interesting. I believe he's in the, the Ford camp now, right? He is in the Ford camp. And I mean, it is, I guess, a point that he has won at Daytona before. What is, was it a legitimate win in most NASCAR fans' eyes? No. But he has won, and I'm sure the odds makers factored that in um, a little bit. Uh, oh, Noah Gregson in the, uh, the number 10 Stuart Haas Racing automobile. Yeah, I haven't seen well, you know what? I don't know. He's yeah. he was he was exceptional in the Xfinity series at the super speedways. He's yeah. he's had some shining moments. There, I feel like that's fair. He's with a Ford team, so Yeah. Thor Haas has always been good on the super speedways lately too, so that's a good point. That yeah. never know. Go ahead, Richard. No, that was it. Okay. <laughs> no, I just wanted to make sure if you just, had yeah. something to say you, you got to to voice your opinion. Uh an exciting driver, in my opinion, Carson Hosovar, no. fifty-one. <laughs> we got right. John Hunter Nibacek at fifty to one. Now we get into yeah, more of the, uh, I guess, upper echelon. Um, Daniel Suarez opens at forty to one, which is interesting. Uh, track I think Austin. that's fair. It seems pretty fair to me as well. Uh, Ryan Priest at forty to one as well, and. Again, if, if there's a someone y'all want to stop on, please feel free to just take control. 
Um, Michael we can't McDowell. hear the one scrolling. Oh, I mean, <laughs> a little Arizona. <laughs> well, I, I really want to see what it is before I put some other drivers in there. I want to see before we go uh, all in on this. So Michael McDowell, a former Daytona 500 mm-hmm. winner, uh, 35 to 1. Uh, From Glendale, forget. Arizona. Alex Another Arizona McDowell. driver. McDowell over Bowman for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree. Yeah. I feel like Bowman Honestly, should be much think, further down the list. I think LaJoy over Bowman. Right. Yeah, with, with mm-hmm. probably. Like Bowman, I, I'm yeah. so sad to see what it's, Bowman, how the lack of performance from Bowman, because he did exceptional when he took over for Junior, like in the when Junior was injured and stuff like that. He was doing mm-hmm. really well. So to see, I don't know, he hasn't really improved. Look at his teammates, though. Look at look at the amount of talent that that team has to really work around. And I mean, that is really really tough. Oh, I get that, sp- but that should be that should give him more like experience and more help to be able to get. And I just haven't seen improvement from him at all. I mean, give him a little bit of break. He broke his back last season. Um, he had a tough time coming back from it, as we all saw. Um, I agree he has underperformed compared to his teammates, but his teammates are superstar, potential future Hall of Famer caliber. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even say compared to his teammates. Compared to other drivers also throughout the league, I just feel his performance just hasn't been what I was hoping to see. Well, you also got to think it's a money game, and if you don't think he's going to perform, you're not going to put your money into him. doesn't matter if you're all on the same team. Oh, I get that. It, 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 I feel like he's gotten the short end of the stick, and he needs a fair chance. I mean, he has the, the support of a great sponsor and ally. Um, they have backed him for several years coming up, I know. Um, they are committed to him as the driver, and they're going to let him succeed any way they can. So, I wouldn't give out hope on him to uh, to come through sometime. I feel like Gavin has something to say there. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I just... You compare him to his teammates, even on super speedways, like, when you see Hendrick together, do you see Bowman in that pack of drivers up in the front when they get grouped up? Typically, no. I, see. Yeah. Most of the time, it's just, it's just like Larson, Byron, and Elliot, so... He definitely should be much lower down the list. Yeah, I mean, I, I could agree with that. 30-1 to 1 seems pretty outrageous for Bowman. Um, especially when that too. Dylan is at awesome Dylan. as well. Like, I mean, yes, he got he some lucky wins. Yeah. But he, when it comes to the racing at super speedways, he's never really up there racing in the lead as much. As a defense. <laughs> Sorry, Chase Briscoe is that eight to one. Uh, so another Stuart Haas eh. driver. No. Uh, another Stuart Haas driver. That's Josh Berry opens at twenty. The analysis and well. mm. Joy should be over all these guys. I'm See, sorry, you say Stuart Haas, and I'm not convinced. It's <laughs> like Josh. Like I get Josh Berry's success in Xfinity, but also like. I don't know. I still feel like that's too good of odds for that because mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of Xfinity drivers that dominate Xfinity come to cup and just nothing. Yep. So I think that's, that's a little ambitious for an 18 to one odds for Josh Berry. I mean, I, I, 28, 28. Yeah. I was going to say between 30, 35. Well, yeah, I, I feel like that's yeah. pretty fair. I mean, he looks really happy in that photo to, uh, 
to be with Storehouse Racing, but oh, well, he's in the cups. I'd be happy also. <laughs> <laughs> then we got uh, Ty Gibbs at twenty eight to one as well. Um, I have seventy to one. I don't care. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Oh, here we go, Gavin. Here's your first Penske driver, Austin Sindrick, another former yes. five hundred champion. And C's got their stuff together when it comes to super speedway racing, and Cindric is good there. Penske's this, they're a great team. Probably the best when it comes to teamwork at super speedways. Uh, other than the last couple of laps. RFK, I mean. Mainly Legano when it comes to the last couple of laps, but mm, <laughs> I'll talk about that. <laughs> know, just putting my money behind someone like Austin Cindric makes me sick. I think Cindric is fair where he's at when it comes to the great american race it's a super speedway penske's got their stuff together he's done it what he's raced in it twice he won it once i guess statistically he won he won two xfinity daytona races in a row i'm pretty sure right or at least one tell you that but he is no austin hill (laughs) but it's i think he's where he should be eric jones also opens at 25 to 1 Oh, Carl, I know you like Eric. over him for sure. You know, it, there, there's so many question marks between Eric Jones and just the whole RPM, or I'm sorry, Legacy yeah. Motorsports. Yeah, right. Motor um, Club. Dude, my, all my teams are all <laughs> mixed up. Like, trust me, when, when the NASCAR season comes, I'll get my, my stuff sorted out, I promise. Uh, but... I love Eric Jones, and I love his attitude. And I, I, I think he has a great mind for super speed of racing. But the great question mark is Legacy Motorsports, Toyota. In fact, they just signed a new sponsor, GearWrench. They took GearWrench today away from SHR. So there's that part of it, too. It, it's, it, oh, man, I don't know. Eric Jones, I really like him. I don't think he has the aggressiveness he, he has the calculability, but he don't think he has the aggressiveness to take that lead and win at Daytona. We'll move on to Martin Truex Jr. Follows him at also 25 to 1. Carl is elated. I <laughs> um, haven't seen Carl that happy in a long time. I don't hate it. Don't love it. Okay. Just meh. Nah. It's okay. And then we got last year's Daytona 500 winner, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at 22 to 1 odds. He he knows the super speeder racing. Recency bias, maybe a little bit too, and and like you said, it, it, it's it's wreckers or checkers with uh, Recky yeah. Spinhouse. <laughs> Recky Spinhouse, I thought that was a nickname. Uh, he I haven't heard that in a while. for a while. So would yeah. he really elude it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, what do you expect? I guess that's a fair point. <laughs> we got uh, Tyler Reddick at twenty-two mm-hmm. to one as well. Not necessarily known for super speedways, so. but. Yeah. Bubba Wallace at twenty to one. He's been up there. He's yeah. been up there. Super he's speedway, so he's so usually a top ten contender. As much as I hate to say it, but yeah, he gets a chance. So yeah, you, you're starting to get into the the guys that you expect to win. Um, yeah, I think Bubba should be over Bell. Yeah, I haven't Bell seen much from Bell in speedways. Uh, oh, I mean, honestly, these past couple of speedway races, Bell, he's just been in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Uh, he's been shoved out in the last three laps. He's been uh, pushed around trying to get around him. He's He's been up there. He just, it, it's one of those situations where do you want to be first, third, or fifth coming on two or three laps to go? And I think he's been on the wrong end of that stick. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe he can get it turned around this year with that new Toyota 
body style and uh, maybe it'll be a real benefit to them. We got the Moose Fraternity man himself, Ross Chastain, yeah. also at 18 to 1. Solid uh, man. Yeah. He's, uh, he has the aggression it takes. Mm-hmm. Kyle Larson, who always is snake bitten, I feel like, at Super Speedways at 16 to 1. Yeah. He's always mid front pack. Yeah. Usually. He's pretty consistent. Knows maybe maybe this is his chance to break through with uh, that real statement win in his career. Oh, he should be higher up. Through this one. No, Joey Logano at 14 to 1. Not this dude's thing. got his super speedway stuff on spot. He, he just he knows how to get up through the field. He's so mm-hmm. good at it's so much fun to watch his, him go up through the field. Timing. Him and Blaney. I think Blaney mm-hmm. uh, has the edge lately. But that those two guys are just unstoppable. When Logano's timing at super speedway. Think about Atlanta. It's not, exactly. Like, Wow, that was a shocker. He just came mm-hmm. out, came out the gate, man. That was, this is man. He's he's got it together for sure. We got Kyle Busch also at fourteen to one. He came. Those sunglasses are funky. Year. He he's just a funky looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> Love him, but yeah. he's can okay. I can fourteen to one yeah. as well. Can you get behind mm-hmm. that, Richard? Oh, Get him out of my face! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, out of all the I, I, guys. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, I still like it. I like it. Yep. The man himself, Brad K, at eleven to one. We're getting into the top favorites. I mean, RFK seems like a slam dunk on on Super Speedways. Either him or Busher, either one. You know, I, in the past couple of years, RFK has made steps and bounds in their program. And if you really compare them to like new teams such as like Trackhouse or, or even Twenty Three Eleven, I think they almost hold the candle to them. Uh, I think them and Trackhouse uh, are kind of tied, uh, but RFK is building on something. They have something special with uh, Brad K and Chris Busher. So this this could be a make uh, a really good year for them. I couldn't agree more. I'm excited to see what uh, how they come out the gate, at least, especially at one of their their good tracks. I feel poster boy Chase Elliott also opens up at eleven to one. Uh, seems a unpopular take. Um, I mean, I don't know how well y'all follow um, odds of races, race winners. Chase Elliott, statistically speaking, is always in the top three of favorites, just because the money is always going to be put on him because he's the favorite driver. So it's going to skew him um, whether or not his odds are almost never good to take just because they're so terrible. But of course he's up there. I think his injury with the snowboarding incident last year, uh, his tangle with Denny Hamlin, I I think he has a lot to recover from. I, he uh, up until that point, he was one of those, you know, steady favorites after his incident snowboarding and with his tangle with Denny, I think he, I don't know if he got in his mind a little bit, lost a little confidence, but there's been something missing and he needs to have a good race at Daytona to recover from that. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe it's going to be him and, uh, him and Bowman up front. The two guys that have maybe gotten a chance to fully recover from their, their injuries. And they both have something to prove after, after last season. So, Hey, okay. I wouldn't be surprised. I think we're getting into the last couple. 
got Chris Busher at also eleven to one. Again, another RFK. Can't go wrong with uh, RFK. Oh, very Superboy. important. Um, yep. Prosper Texas with the population of thirty thousand. Hey, Prosper Texas is very close to here. Uh, it's about a fifteen-minute drive from me, and uh, it's where my fiance went to high school. So I'm very familiar with Prosper, and it was awesome actually to kind of get a shout out when uh, he won at Richmond. But it was interesting that uh, they call it out. Yeah, that was very interesting. Such an odd population number when it it used to be i guess considered a small town uh when i was growing up but now i mean it, it's a normal city it could be its own city um outside of dallas but we got everyone's favorite oh, denny yeah. hamlin the second best odds at also 11 to 1 mm-hmm. i mean i will always be salty with this win in 2017 by what three four thousandths of a second over mtj 16 oh man what is uh hamlin's won what three daytona 500s yes so i mean he's always got to be part of the favorites i think he's lost his rhythm so eh. Eh, we'll see when it comes to those races it's been a while I hope I'm right. <laughs> so bad. I hate seeing him with Daytona. And then we have Ugh. our odds-on favorite, your 2023 champion Ryan Blaney at nine He's... to one odds. So, yep. as a favorite at nine to one odds is uh, pretty good odds because typically you get to these like road courses or a specialty track. Odds can be as low as two to one or three to one. Um, but I guess it is the super speedway nature of everything being somewhat random and uh, unpredictable. But Ryan Blaney at nine to one. So what do y'all think overall after looking through that whole list? Again, this is not. Do not take our advice for betting purposes. Disclaimer. Um, but if y'all had to bet, if y'all were given a hundred dollars in free money to put down on one of these drivers, who would you pick? Based off the odds, not because you you think I... they're going to win. 100%. I want to say Blaney. He's just coming off so hot. He's a Penske driver. He won Talladega, the most recent super speedway race. Fords have won multiple super speedway races last year, if I'm not wrong. Um, I think he's just coming off of such a hot streak. He's going to be a, a major problem for the other drivers when it comes to that time. And that's a good pick, being the odds-on favorite. I mean, he, he's he's going to have a lot of backers, so can't go wrong there. Bet. Richard, what are you thinking? I'm going to go with a uh, probably a very controversial answer here, but I think he's came back to prove something um, after being removed from the league last season. Uh, I would put the money down on Noah Gregson. Um, really? Interesting. He had a very... I mean, he was doing well last season with Legacy, which what was uh, last year was Legacy's first season. Uh, yeah, wasn't their Legacy. Yeah, it was their first Legacy season. So, and he was doing well there um, until his unfortunate uh, mishap with social media. Um, so I think he's glad to be back in the Cup Series, which I think is earlier than a lot of people probably anticipated. Um. I think a lot of people were anticipating him going down to Xfinity and kind of rebuilding there and then move back up to the cup after a year or two. Uh, but he's picked up by Stuart Haas, which I know we have been, you know, basically taking a dump on Stuart <laughs> Haas these past couple of weeks, which 
I mean, not not to the lack of the drivers, mainly the team just not knowing what they can do with the cars, with the drivers that they have. Um, but I would I would put it Noah Gregson for Daytona because I mean it's a track anything can happen, um, and I feel as long as he doesn't try to you know come down too late onto someone trying to make it three wide for a pass, I think he'll do well. That's I mean, reference to like that would be a good year. dark horse pick. Yeah. That would probably be one of my top I mean, dark like horse picks. Hundred dollars on the fifty to one. I mean, check my math. I believe that's five grand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, grand. that's. What's a good not bet? So yeah, don't hate it, Carl. Uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna go say Ross Chastain. He's grown a lot. He he's kind of of the elder. He's a little older than a lot. Some of these young guys coming in, um, he's had had a huge kind of growth curve in how to race the Cup Series. Um, he didn't have quite the season he wanted last yet last year. So I'm going to pick Ross Chastain because I think he may be able to find that balance between aggression and intelligence, knowing when to push it, when not to push it. And I think uh, that experience, that knowledge, will actually get him the Daytona 500 win this year. I, I really like that pick of... I feel like it would be a good step in his career to uh, to mm-hmm. get one of those crown jewel races. And uh, I mean, he's shown he has the ability at super speedways um, mm-hmm. with his win at Talladega uh, the year before last year. Was it last year? I, I don't yeah, it was twenty twenty two. Yeah, but I mean, he has the ability to to do it for sure. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it would be nice to see him do it as well. I, I think I would have to just purely based off the odds go with that Corey LaJoy at 65 to one. Um, do I think he's going to win? No, but 65 to one odds are big money. Disrespectful mm-hmm. um, when it comes to, to Corey LaJoy <laughs> of he might not be there on an intermediate track yet or a road course. He might not be there, but a super speedway um, he, he's shown, I think enough that he can do it whether he gets in that situation where he has a chance to win and he isn't able to close on it um, could, could very well be a possibility. But the fact that I truly believe he'll at least have a chance um, and he'll no. be in the mix. No, another really good bet. If he was on here, which he is racing in the 500 is fast pasta. He's racing for beard motorsports <laughs> and he is excellent when it comes to super speedway racing. He's just with beard motorsports. You've seen him lead some races I mean, in Xfinity. He, he just, the, he's just had so many mechanical failures, but I would assume he has to and a lot of things that aren't his fault, but that's, yeah, it, but they have their, their good super speedway team. And that, and that's the thing is mechanical issues is he, they don't have the funding like the normal teams, so you're going to have some things that slip through the cracks, or you're going to have to cut, you know, corners on parts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And 500 miles going 190 miles an hour that really puts pressure on stuff. Oh, that is that is and a it's good not outside. Pick, racing. He's racing for a, a good, a decent super speedway team that only puts their money towards this kind of racing. Yeah, they only fair. race, they only race the super super speedway races, right? Or I think they did a couple last season, but well, oh, didn't they do? Don't they do super speedway and road courses? So like the uh, the one offs. Like but wasn't yeah. didn't, didn't Noah do a race with them in 2022 at like Kansas or something? And he was up in the mix. 
so it was i think it was a, a like a intermediate type of track and i'm pretty sure it was a 62 they were doing more races and they were fast so i think putting off weight on that car I don't know. I think it's a good bet. That'll be interesting. But the thing is, they do not have practice before they do qualifying um, for the Daytona 500. You have to have the raw speed, and right. you have to you know have to it have before you get on the track. Speed. Which I I, th- I think they do with that team. Smith did last year, and uh, who was in the, the money team car last year? Was it Kaz Grala? It probably wasn't, but... My, oh, Kaz Grala sounds right, but I'm not 100% on that previously but i there was someone oh. else who had mechanical issues in qualifying and had to race his way in and couldn't lock it in and qualifying and unfortunately just being in the situation that uh alfredo is um with a team that has to qualify for the race it, it, it leaves a big question mark there but to say he does make i feel like his 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 betting odds would be high yeah they'd like, probably be like in that hundred to one, one oh yeah That'd be well, big money if someone had that. And it's, it's also one of those that. where you had to think last lap, going into three, coming out of four at Daytona 500, you may not be looking at who's leading at the pack at that time, but who's in fifth, tenth, you know, stuff like that. So that you, yeah. Pasta Man has a chance there. If he can make Absolutely. it. So... To wrap things up, we'll just go over this really quickly. I just wanted to get it in since it is somewhat iRacing related more so than NASCAR related. Um, it was announced by Turtle Beach that they are oh. they are coming out with a, their own <laughs> steering wheel um, for Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, Xbox One, and PS, uh, PS, PC compatibility. There is no PlayStation compatibility with this set, but it does come with a full... Um, I love base it. and wheel a three <laughs> pedal uh pedal set that is aluminum uh pedal heads Richard. and also a button box <laughs> and a uh i don't know if it's an lcd Look at the or dash. dash yeah but it, it actually has a built-in screen that will be integrated with certain games um probably more so on the pc side than the xbox side um just because it's probably easier to do um I, I will note that it is a five newton meter direct drive wheel um, for us people in iRacing. That that is a very important um, specification to be direct drive instead of belt driven or gear driven like wheels have been in the past. Um, it does come in at a price tag of six fifty, which is a little steep um, considering other options by Fanatec or or similar. Fanatec um, they have a five newton newton meter CSL DD right. That was one of their correct. first ones that they came out with. It was about five hundred bucks, and that was just the base. And, and now Whoa. it is around three fifty, if my math is correct. Mm-hmm. Too. But I still think this is, is overpriced, but yeah, it's you a, get the pedals, you get a little button box looking thing with a dash. Neat. I think it's and they're low. I, I love pedals. that other companies are. Yes doing this stuff and joining sim racing Definitely. I, I think it's a good idea it seems like a great entry for someone um getting into sim racing that doesn't want to to spend a thousand dollars on a fanatech uh base mm-hmm. and wheel and then have to buy pedals and stuff like that this is a great probably i mean none of us have tested it we have no idea how it's going to perform yeah. or anything like that but just from the surface it looks like a great entry level beginner wheel with a lot of cool maybe gimmicky features but it's a starting point 
Um, I guess a point to it could be it doesn't appear that the uh, the wheel rim can be disconnected from the base, um, so it does limit uh, further growth if if someone purchases this and proceeds to to upgrade as they go, as it seems most of us do. Um, so it doesn't seem that the the wheel rims are interchangeable as of right now, um, which could be a big hindrance in my opinion for this product. But it's a start. Well, you know, it's there's there's two sides of this. With with the base point of a whole kit, load cell pedals, a five newton meter direct drive wheel, six hundred some dollars. If I were to start out on my racing again, I would look at this mm-hmm. and be like, mm-hmm. I'm going to start at this, and which is great. We want we want drivers, we want new people, we want to attract people to the service. Um, but on the flip side. Um, with, uh, especially now more than ever, it seems like you get what you pay for. Uh, apparently you, you're able to kind of, um, take apart the case and maybe do some mods to that, which is interesting to hear and see what kind of customization they have. Um, uh, but on my side, I spent almost $500 on a wheel alone. Mm-hmm. Um, on my formula Fanatec V2. I, I, that's it's an expensive wheel, and I absolutely love it. I mean, I don't even use half the buttons on there. I'll be honest, but it's absolutely fantastic for what I wanted right. to use it for. Um, it, it all comes down to what are you hoping to get out of it, and then what you want to get into it. So I think it's you get what you pay for, and you have to be really careful of what you want to put into the sport, into your hobby. I think this, if you're going to race one or two races a week, uh, this would be perfect. Get into it, buy it, take it for a spin. I think it'd be great to get people on the service. But if you want to really put time in, you're really looking for uh, some longevity, some uh, reliability, there's still a lot of question marks. So my experience with Turtle Beach is I've never had a good experience with Turtle Beach. (laughs) I've my turtle beach stuff is always either broke their quality wasn't very good the sound sucked you know just everything under the sun i've had an issue with turtle beach now you could talk to someone like you know dr d who's literally sponsored by them and apparently it's the greatest thing in the world for him but the problem i have is i it's tough to say because like yeah, it's load cell. Yeah, it's direct drive, which, you know, I'm upgrading to a direct drive this weekend thanks to, uh, you know, our wonderful uh, manager, Adam Buzzio. Thank you. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited. To sign my paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and that's a 20 newton meter wheel, if I'm not mistaken, what Adam told me. Um, I don't know what any of that means. I will, <laughs> you know, be experiencing that when I put that wheel on. You're gonna love but, it. Um, it hurts. I, so be careful. <laughs> I've heard it hurts. What, what do I got? The Logitech G29? Don't, oh, don't dude, snap dude. your you're wrist going from or that break your fingers. To a 20 new meter. You're going to love That's a huge wheel. jump. Wow. That's so, yeah. a huge jump. So, yeah, I've got the belt driven G29 Logitech. And I got it for $200 on Amazon for Amazon Prime Days. I think your belt-driven wheels, your, you know, this G29, if you can get it on a sale, or even, what was its predecessor? The uh, 920? Uh, the 920, yeah. I think, came at the same time, but it was the Xbox version, if I can remember correctly. There uh, was one that had, that came with the stick shift. Um, 
it had red on it, not it, blue. It might have been I, like whatever. the G twenty seven or something like that, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Either way, I feel there are cheaper options for someone who's trying to get into this scene, and like, it, it's I guess it'd be a good a good step up for someone who's like, okay, let's try a direct drive wheel now, but they're not wanting to get you know into stupid amounts of money like mm-hmm. uh, you know majority of us in this podcast right now um <laughs> for stuff bigger because like i like could I said, buy a is... car instead of this <laughs> i mean yeah right <laughs> so i mean you're talking you're talking to some of these direct drive wheels are 1200 dollars or more like easily easily for the base and a wheel but just so, look that's, at it that's just for that like that's then you've got to or... add another 300 dollars. yeah like how much was that Oh, I don't want to say. Uh-huh. So, Too much. I mean, that's, that's, okay, this... The okay, the, there was a bundle with this. This was... I did... I got this... <laughs> the steering wheel came with the base. I think it was around $1,300 for right. both together. Wasn't bad. Simagic had a good deal on but, it. For a 23 newton meter wheel. Yeah, double the price without pedals. What and you you're need. talking... to get load cells. From my understanding, a decent set's going to be 250 At least. At least 250 for a decent set. So, is it a good stepping stone up to your direct drive? Yes. Is the quality going to be there? Mm, I don't know. It's Turtle Beach, and it does have some gimmicky shit on it. So, <laughs> that's it, just it more things gimmicky. that could go wrong. Like that—that that is a very good way to look at it. Of the screen, like cool. It's an awesome thing to have, but again, I don't think this product is is designed for. Um, I don't want to even call us veteran iRacers or veteran sim racers at this point. Like we have the gear that we like. We have whatever um, brand that you have. Like we are all adapted to our own personal preferences at this point. But again, connecting to that person that's just might get into it for the first time mm-hmm. or they, they, who knows, maybe someone that joins our league in the, in the future um, is looking for a wheel and they want to join iRacing and they're, go out and get this it could be it could be sufficient for them and, and, I, and I, I think I that's that. what it's really focused towards is you know uh i did a thrustmaster 300 rs and that's belt driven too and i drove on that for a little bit but that the the movement from the belt driven to the direct drive was just a just a amazing gap it, it's amazing i only have an eight I bought the upgraded Fanatec CSL DD eight mil uh, eight newton meter, and I got that uh, set up. And my shoulders, uh, we talk about Coda. My shoulders were sore after that. I can't imagine doing it, going from a belt driven to a twenty newton meter uh, wheel like Richard's doing. That's uh, I'll good be getting my workout in, baby. <laughs> yes, you will. In a lot more. Mm-hmm. But again, a lot the more. peak Newton meter of how how frequently are you reaching that peak? It's it thankfully is not that much, um, but it could mat it could reach it if it needs to. Um, but yeah, as much it, as I wreck, it probably will. That's that's where it will <laughs> come back to bite you for sure. Cross your arms, make sure <laughs> keep your fingers out of there. Seriously, <laughs> just uh, just let go of the wheel, let it do its thing, and be safe. Oh, but, Jesus, uh, take the wheel. Anything else you want to add uh, to this topic or anything else you would like to talk about? Uh, I, I just, can see what the quality is like. It's just a That's... good, like, if it works out, it's a good little, like, step up from, like, if someone's a little bit fancier than a G29, this would be perfect. Mm-hmm. If it 
if it yeah. does well. I guess. We'll uh, and see. and I think that's what it is. Is uh, this is a great spot to get more people into it and just be like, I don't like my belt driven wheel, and this is not. This isn't going to break the bank as load sales. It's. On paper, it's a great kit, and I would love to see people come out with it and say, hey, I love this wheel. And I hope that's what it is because that just brings more and more people to the service. And, I, and that's what I – overall, I think we all want to see is more people racing. Exactly. And so this is exactly. going to be really, really exciting to see. And I really hope it does well. We all have our doubts, but I think we also really want it to, to do well. Reduce it by about up to $100 and take the screen off. Then I'd say <laughs> yes. Well, the screen mm-hmm. might be that one thing that gets someone into it, for all we know. Um, well, and and how many things are bells and whistles that is what we started on? Like, uh, oh, I want to see this. This looks cool. I start it. And then you're like, oh, well, maybe this isn't what I need to focus on. But then it gets you started. And I think that's what, that's the hardest part is getting started. Yeah. And hopefully it opens some doors uh, for more people to join the service or uh, similar services. Um, and we will uh, hopefully hear how it uh, how it launches. It comes out around February twenty fourth, um, so a little over. Day before my birthday. Well, happy <laughs> early birthday, Gavin. Um, Thank you. We'll remember that for the actual date, and we'll look at reviews of this wheel at the time of your birthday as well, just to see how it's stacking up um, in in some people's hands. But uh, that that will conclude. Uh, the third episode of the Holler podcast. This one ran even longer than last week's. Um, we apologize. Wow. Uh, we appreciate. Uh, I appreciate Carl, Richard, Gavin, uh, y'all all being here and and doing this with us. Um, it's been a great time. I've had a lot of fun, and uh, I look forward to doing it more. Orbell, I cannot wait till you move to the East Coast and you start doing these long ones, so you know the pain. Hey, I'm. I'm just gonna let you know. It, it doesn't matter what time. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm only ten o'clock for me. So yeah, like I, I am a night owl regardless. So I'll, I'll stay uh, up till two, three in the morning, even on a work night. Like it, it I usually am. But I am So, but that will wrap us up. Um, just a reminder: a new episode of the Holler Podcast can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts every Friday, the day after recording. Um, for up-to-date news and information on the Butt Kicker Cup series, uh, please be sure to like our page on Facebook and visit www.brbracingleague.com. Please be Do sure it. to like and share the podcast. Um, if you have any fan questions or uh, anything you would like us to discuss on the podcast, please feel free to send us an email at brbracingleagues at gmail.com. That's leagues with an S. Um, and we may answer it live next week or following week. Um, and give you a little shout out there. I also wanted to thank uh, Butt Kicker, Sundance Pizza, TriVista, and Ideally sur- for supporting uh, BRB Racing League and the Butt Kicker Cup Series. Thank you again for your time, Richard, Carl, and Gavin. It was great having you all on all on here. Uh, good luck next Absolutely. week in Atlanta. And uh, for those watching, you can catch the Breast Cancer Awareness 250 at Atlanta on virtualracing.network's YouTube channel. This coming Tuesday, January 23rd at 9 p.m. Eastern. Oh, yeah. It will definitely be exciting. You won't want to miss it. I'm sure it will the... be filled with its own wrecks and drama. And we'll going to want to see the paint time. schemes, too. Got yeah. some mm-hmm. cool paint schemes coming up, for sure. Breast cancer awareness uh, race. We we have our drivers that... Uh, I need to work on mine. Cool stuff. There's already a lot of hype for the paint schemes. That's going to be really fun to see. Definitely. You, you won't want to miss it, so be sure to tune in to virtualracing.network um, on YouTube on Tuesday, and uh, don't miss any of the action. But thank you very much. We'll catch you all next week. Awesome. Peace.